Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, it's Thursday afternoon. I'm making this recording for the podcast that I'm going to be hopping on in my stream, which I've been loving uh, doing. It's been so sick streaming. I had no idea I'd be enjoying it this much. Definitely check me out on Tasteless TV if you have the chance. If you're someone who only listens to this podcast, we're also debuting the um, episodes first on my Twitch channel. So if you want to see this with video, definitely check it out there. Um, so this episode of the podcast, we actually have three mics total. Uh, I get to interview two of my very good friends out here in Korea, uh, and two people I think are very important to the gaming scene in not just Korea, but I'd say in Asia and the rest of the world. Um, Core A Gaming is my first guest. I did a podcast with him a while back, which was uh, one of my earliest episodes. If you don't know who this guy is, uh, he's fantastic. You should check out his YouTube page. He has some of the best... I think the best YouTube essays on gaming that there is, they're, they get right to the point. They're super smart. I think every one of his videos is super valuable. Uh, and our other guest is Jay Lu. He's a buddy of mine who has been organizing fighting game uh, get-togethers and events in Seoul for about the last two years. And um, full disclosure, these guys I'm very close with. Uh, I went on a trip to Thailand with them last year, um, and we all went to Evo Japan together. I was doing podcast recordings. They were there for other business reasons. But um, I love these guys. Super smart. I'm super excited to show you guys this episode. So before we get started, I want to encourage you guys to support us on Patreon. Making content like this is not easy, and it's certainly not free to make. Um, but if you're able to support us, I want to give back to you. Um, if you give us five bucks or more you're going to get exclusive access to the after show that's generally an additional 20 minutes or more of content where we continue our conversation after the podcast has ended um also we're still trying to build this thing up we have a goal of about a thousand five hundred bucks actually i should say exactly a thousand five hundred bucks if we get that we're going to get a third camera oh right now on patreon there is an annual discount if you pledge so if you want to support us for a whole year, there is a discount. That's not going to be going on for much longer. So uh, if you're thinking about doing it now and you want to really contribute, it's a great time to do it. Again, it's really appreciated. Um, and the money that goes to the Patreon goes directly back into the show. Also, special thanks to our top supporters, Seth Rohit Sambadi and Charlie Shever. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And again, it's fucking hard to grow this Patreon, guys. So if you've been enjoying the show and, and thinking about, yeah, I'll probably eventually pay, I want to just give you that push. It's appreciated. And look, I know the world's in complete fucking disarray, and a lot of you don't have jobs or money. If you don't have it, no pressure. I totally understand. And now, on to the show. So guys, thanks for doing this. Um, let's talk a little bit about the venue that we're in right now. I know we're in the middle of... Um, coronavirus crisis now we've had another outbreak uh and a lot more coming in the last four days but uh what's the history of the core studio how did this all get started here uh yeah so um basically long story short um i met josh at retro game bar which is this bar that we used to frequent where they have um you know they have drinks and video games and uh it's josh a cool was place. Run- yeah, yeah it was, it's, it's still a cool place the owners are, are really good guys i think uh yeah a lot of us hang out there sometimes it was kind of a go-to place for a lot of the i don't know gaming esports community in the english-speaking esports community and there's yeah. been a, there's been a couple of these out here in seoul yeah. i think actually i met you first at uh was it dart stream yeah it was right? dart stream uh it's also known as arcade stream yeah and so there's a couple of these little underground places that you can go to where 
Um, you know, people have get-togethers. It's especially useful for fighting games since online play is not that good. That's something I want to talk about a little bit later on with your video. Sure. But um, yeah, Retro Game Bar became kind of the hub to go to to drink and then to have events. And then you guys were hosting stuff down there, and it started getting pretty big, right? Yeah. So we started with uh, when Smash Ultimate came out, the the current uh, iteration of Smash Bros uh, on the Switch. Previously in Korea, the other Smash games were not really a factor. Like Nintendo, it's a long story, but going back to the early Nintendo releases, um, there was like boycotts on importing Japanese things in Korea at that time. And then as those were kind of lifted, even still Nintendo wasn't that popular in Korea. And consoles, obviously PC gaming's huge here. So Smash 4 didn't even come out in Korea. And then when Ultimate came out, uh, myself and uh, Thomas good friend of ours and even actually wolf we would go to rgb and play smash together sometimes in one night the owner was like you guys should just do a tournament and i had organized tournaments for other games in the past i'd been to smash tournaments for older versions of the game so i said let's do it and we threw it together in six days we only had like a handful of people turn up and then the next one we did like two weeks later we had like 60 people and rgb is tiny 60 people in rgb uh was was pretty insane and we just kind of grew from there and started doing more events and then uh, started doing a Tuesday fight night, linking up with Gerald. Uh, and then we started doing Tekken events and, and now we have a venue out of need, really. We, we had trouble going to all these different places and it's always hard. You're moving equipment across the city. Yeah, you're trying to set up and they're like, you have an hour to set up. And you're like, we have a stream and 20 gaming setups and it's just hard. So we were like, we need our own place. And yeah, basically, um, yeah, I was at a, a Dunkin' Donuts, um, just sitting there, and I was like, man, you know, like I've I've always wanted to have a place for you know fighting games, and uh, I always went to Arcade Stream, Dart Stream that we were talking about and stuff. And uh, with Drake, Drake Fang ran that, right? Yeah, Drake Fang ran, Drake Fang ran that, but uh, now he's just um, he's he's just working a, a job. He's married, has a kid, and now he's kind of. Um, playing the the life game uh, more, <laughs> but um, but I decided to not play that life game as hard and go go in on fighting games and uh, yeah I called Josh and you know uh, I was like hey man like uh, you know wouldn't it be cool if there's like you know a place and you know you're you're the event organizer uh, you know how about we we try this thing and you know I, I had some money to invest and basically. Uh, it was like a many months long process and we, we went through a lot. We had to look for a, a lo good location, a good price. Um, we had to like, like we, we had to make like a fire <laughs> escape, which costs like a ton of money, uh, which is just right over there. And yeah, the, the regulations for opening a place where you can have all this equipment and then you can also sell alcohol is pretty, is yeah. pretty complicated, right? Yeah, we even just food. We had to get licensed as an actual restaurant. Uh, there's tons of stuff involved, so we had to do all of that, and uh, yeah, it was it was a process, and I think um, when we had our grand opening, it was basically the very weekend that the initial corona outbreak hit Korea. Yeah, this is crazy. like some of the worst possible luck ever, because <laughs> I mean, from from an outside perspective, I mean, I would go visit your guys's events that you were running yeah you've always um, supported us so yeah that's, well yeah. no i mean i love yeah. coming by and you know having a drink and watching sometimes it'd be going on after my saturday gsl cast so i come down um and check that out and i remember even uh, before a, a different venue i had recommended to you yeah you know it, it's crazy to try to get all that equipment there yeah and and what a mess that is and it's so much easier to have it all in one place but you guys basically set up this venue and it's fucking awesome by the way um thank you but then you're hit with 
Yeah, literally the, uh, the day we opened. Really? The yeah. day... Uh, the pandemic hit. The first... Because Corona was kind of... Remember, we were all actually at Evo Japan together. And that weekend, there was like whisperings yeah. of, a, of a virus. Yeah, we all and, heard about it. And but... we were kind of like, yeah, you know. And then a couple weeks after that, we were supposed to have our opening here. And Friday night, we had kind of our soft opening. Like, we call it Friday fight night. We had a lot, a bunch of people came. But even that night, a bunch of people didn't come because they're like, I've heard about Corona. It's kind of happening in Korea. But still, there was like less than 100 cases nationwide. It was very, nobody knew what it would become. And this is way before it hit the West at all. Like, it was still just in Asia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, so as you were saying, all three of us were in Tokyo. Yeah. At the last Evo that's going to happen for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember just reading on my phone, like when I'd be walking to the venue, reading about the the at the time not a pandemic i guess an epidemic and yeah in china and thinking man that's that's fucking crazy yeah but <laughs> and i kind of thought maybe it was going to come here but you know we were all so caught up working yeah at, at evo um and we'd had things like this in korea before right there was mers, mers and, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the avian flu and stuff and it kind of had been a thing for like a month or two some people get infected they get out of control yeah, even i think swine flu 10 yeah. years ago or something like that yeah yeah H1N1, i don't think yeah. anyone imagined this but it, the saturday we were supposed to be do our first opening tournament was uh the day that like that cult in daegu the Shin, is it shinchunji yeah shinchunji down in daegu yeah that, that yeah. one woman who like went to a buffet and infected like Super and, 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 and yeah. for, for the listeners there's a cult um in south korea and that's where all the infection started yeah. was in their i think one of their big churches in daegu yeah yeah there's um so um kind of what we're experiencing now is um you know it's it's churches in seoul right so that's kind of the every every time there's like a little spike it's always like oh which group is it you know which group is is the one yeah <laughs> which denomination time, got us in trouble know? with yeah so like um you know before it was like um the like clubs in itaewon which is a district known for foreigners and so right. like and you know, like alternate lifestyles so that became the witch hunt right where right. it was all these people yeah. like uh, you know, gays and, you know, I, I don't know, those clubs, it became kind of a target for Koreans. Like, oh, this is during a pandemic and these like deviants are going to, and now it's yeah, yeah. churches. So it, it was, it was, it was gay yeah. people and foreign people. Yeah. And it was not a good time to be in South Korea during yeah. then. Uh, but now it's shifted over to right. religious groups Which again. Is, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, we don't look down on those clubs in that way but some of the religious conservative community in korea was right that was their messaging and they now were they're the ones it. their breakout has been like 50 times worse so it's kind of i don't want to say it's <laughs> funny because it's not funny this whole situation sucks but it's yeah well, it's corona, a little yeah. bit cathartic i guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean corona doesn't care like this virus doesn't yeah care like you know who you are it's if you're if you're a person you can catch it even like some animals are getting it right so like i think cats are or tigers or something like yeah that like i heard now? like a, a cat like got it in england and like did it, you know did it's it doing live? better yeah no it's, it's like it. it's like got mild symptoms and it's doing yeah. better now or whatever but <laughs> tigers like, are gnarly badass creatures so like. yeah they would never get corona. <laughs> yeah. so, corona proof. so um you guys open the venue here there's this outbreak um how long did it take you to build this setup that you have here because i know you had the the property um, but was it like a month or two for you guys to get three, all the, maybe. yeah, it was three a months? long time. It was like okay. three months. It was like November is when we, um, I think November was the official like, um, leasing of the place, uh, signing it. And, uh, from, from that point we had to, we had to do so many things. Obviously there's construction and buying a ton of PlayStations. Like it's like, where do you buy? How many PlayStations, PlayStations are here? 
like 22 or something yeah like, like 22 like yeah. I, I we we like pulled our equipment our personal equipment and brought it here because you know we're going to be gaming here most of the time anyways so yeah something like like 22 playstations a ton of monitors we just went to a a, a place in yongsan that Nintendo sells electronics. switches and like retro dreamcast setups for that's where Do you, you get a deal if you too. go down there and buy how does that work yeah, you can get a deal. I mean, if you're like, hey, man, I'm going to buy 20 monitors. Like, yeah. if if they're just like, you know, not giving you a deal, then you can just go to the next guy like, yeah. to buy 20 monitors. That's a big sale. We so didn't get a crazy deal. But we we did get a little deal. We had a kind of a, a specific monitor we wanted for yeah. fighting games. Guys are picky. Input uh, lag is a big deal. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, but we were able to get, I think, a good deal. It was it worked out. But yeah, that, it was it was about a three-month process in the end. But between when we signed the lease and when we could open... We did also, both you and I took a vacation to Japan and Thailand in that time. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all three of us did, actually. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, our friend uh, Steven also did a lot of uh, the construction. Yeah, we're like, we're going stuff. to Thailand, Steven. Like, get this done before <laughs> we get back. Oh, he's a, he's a good friend. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, he had to figure out stuff. Like, the bar, we have a, a bar countertop, right? Which yeah. is, like, this big steel thing with, like, I think inside there's some wood. But, yeah. like, you have to find a guy that can make that specific thing right and yeah and so there's like all these like little things you don't think because about we went around we talked to like a few interior designers that came with they gave it like these amazing presentations they have like mood boards and stuff and they're like it looks amazing and then you're like they're like okay and yeah it'll cost like 120 grand like give or take 10 grand and you're like oh okay like we'll call you back this is like a place to play fighting games like we're not we're not shilling out like 120 grand, right? So it's right. Yeah. But uh, in the end, we, we ended up going with a, a friend of ours who's uh, started and, and had his own businesses here in Seoul a few times. He's built like cafes, escape rooms, and things like that. And he just did it all himself and saved us a ton of money. So, um, but yeah, it was it was a process. It was stressful. And when we were ready to open, we were both really excited. And then, <laughs> boom. So yeah, yeah. So did you? I actually can't remember now. I feel like I should, but were you able to have uh, any events here before the pandemic happened? Uh, one Friday fight night and one Smash tournament, and both of which were like, like our Smash tournament, we were expecting around 100 people. And that day, I just got, I woke up, I had like 40 messages on Discord, like, hey man, can't come today, my parents won't let me. Hey, I can't come. Yeah. And it was, uh, we ended up around 50 or 60 people that day, and luckily no one got corona or anything. So, but we did it, and it was fun. It was a good day. People liked the venue. But um, after that, we couldn't do anything for three, four, four months, probably. Yeah, at that, at that point, when, when COVID first broke out in Korea, Korea was like the second worst country to be in for coronavirus because it was China had the most cases, and then it was Korea that like easily had... Uh, Japan the wasn't reporting there either. Yeah, so was <laughs> yeah, the there was like yeah. there were like countries that were just kind of like <laughs> yeah. a little bit behind. Oh, well, that was when Japan was having the Olympics, and yeah. there was that whole thing. Well, there was also like, the cruise ship that came right yeah. that got stuck there shortly oh, after. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And and so like it was kind of like Korea was like one of the worst places. And this is um, during that time. Uh, I think uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Kim, uh, known as Burnout, he's a he's this OG Street Fighter fighting game player. Um, he's he does a lot of stream work, and he was supposed to come, I think, in February. Yeah. But basically, um, he was in Australia at the time. He had set up his visa, his living arrangements, everything in Korea, and basically, he saw the news and he's like, "Oh, maybe I should just you know chill out here in Australia until uh, this COVID stuff clears." Because even at that time, people were still like, 
oh, maybe it might clear. Maybe it's just like a thing for this month, or maybe like uh, you know, it's like a spring. You were thing. saying, oh, by May, by the summer, the, I, the heat. I even will kill said it. that yeah. in a podcast I was reporting on this. I had seen so many people saying the news this will go away by the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, okay, that if they're saying that, it must be true. Yeah, it shows and, how much trust we just put in and just, what the what the general populace says and believes. We're like, yeah. if everyone says that, it must be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I heard that from other people, so obviously that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think people just want to be optimistic, but like, yeah. it's just like now we're in the summer. We're almost done with summer, and it's you know now every country's having their spikes. Like even like Japan, like they've they've been having their spikes, and yeah. um, like pretty much everyone's having these second waves. Cause it's, the thing is, everyone did the quarantining thing. They were like really serious, like let's just like you know all come together and try to get rid of this thing. And you know it worked. The cases all went down in like pretty much everywhere. And except then, America. Except well, I, actually, I think in America it went down for a little bit. Okay. But like it, it, it was still a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, it went down, but like it, um, it, everything came back up. Like and now there's like I think Spain just had like uh, another like resurgence. So everyone's getting these spikes, and I think the way forward basically until like a vaccine comes out that people are willing to use and they're, you know, people are willing to uh, administer uh, to everybody until then we're going to have this thing where we're just like every once in a while there's going to be spikes and then can the country, can the, the people like push down that spike and you know, when it does come up and, and, and can you keep like Korea's kept, even with all these spikes, Korea's kept the mortality rate extremely low. So that is one thing. Like I think still in Korea, less than 300 people have died. It's been very low. So um, that's another factor too, right? Like you have some countries where, to me, the cases is one thing, but how many people are actually dying from this? And yeah, it is unfortunate that in some countries it is high, but Korea has been doing pretty good at not letting people die, basically. So Yeah, there's like, um, you know, there's like healthcare. Every country has different healthcare systems and, and stuff like that. So that's another big factor. And um, yeah, I mean, but also like in Korea, you have like, you know the contact tracing system which is like really effective but at the same time like in other countries like in the in the states it would be like wow that's you know that's an evasion of privacy like big yeah time. i mean it basically be unconstitutional yeah. in the u.s to do but this seems to be a problem that's happening in all the places where i mean this is kind of fucked up to say but privacy is more valued mm -hmm. in certain ways um but the result is that because they can trace people and you know exactly the government knows exactly where you've been they can for sure, actually yeah. put together everything and then yeah, walk yeah. it back and find out who's been infected. It seems like those places have been more successful in, in holding off, yeah, I mean, at least I, staving the pandemic. Yeah, I understand. It, it is a scary thing that like the government like has all your information, but I mean, the, the truth is if you have a phone that's made after 2003, you know, every, you're on the grid, right? Yeah. Like, they, they know, they're going to know, you know, where you are and, you know, that's the like, thing. People are saying this is an invasion of privacy, but your privacy has already been invaded. They're just when they do things like this, they're just letting you know that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just kind of like, okay, like there's this, there's this veil of, oh, we don't know this information. Yeah. But now when they say, oh, this person has tested positive for COVID, they were within 300 meters of you and you get a text message saying that it's like very clear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and, and that's like, the only difference. Yeah. And like yeah. They, they all have the, yeah, like everyone has your information. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's just the plausible deniability is gone at yeah. one point, right? So, so how much? I don't mean to be crude. How much financial destruction has this caused you guys <laughs> down here compared to what your original? Oh man, oh, I mean your original oh, business model. Drink, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys. If if I can um, just be candid here, 
I think that you know FGC has been really fractured in Korea for a long time, and you, uh, with the events you were running, Josh, uh, it, things seem to be all coming together for the first time I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Uh, with fighting game, oh, so yeah. everything was again. I knew all these different groups of people that would be in different uh, cliques, I guess you could say. They wouldn't talk to each other in the FGC, or there'd be some places that would host certain things, but other people weren't allowed. And you kind of came in there and, and started really getting this massive fighting game get-together, and it seems like we got to the peak of that with the Core A Studios. Um, and obviously, you know, there's content that's made out of here, like what we're doing now, but, uh, you know, the business model was essentially that you guys would have people come here um, and compete and hang out, and they would spend money and, you know, eat food here and drink at the right. bar and in you know there was although it's a community driven thing it's also somewhat of a business venture so uh we've been here for months now the corey studios you guys have had ups and downs just like all other businesses have based off of the spikes of uh cases of covid what is this like for you guys trying to run this i mean and and yes. how it's difficult a, is it it's a bit like so one thing about korea for people listening or watching is there's never been a hard shutdown here, right? So cafes, bars have basically remained open. So technically we're a cafe or, or a restaurant. We could open. Uh, the problem is, is our bread and butter is special events. And uh, we don't want to try to gather like 60, 70, 80, 90 people in a room on one day. We want to play it safe. So for three, four months, we did nothing. And then we started with a couple like really, really small invite only events. And then as cases really disappeared, we started saying, okay, we're open Friday, Saturday. It's not a tournament or anything, but we're just open. You can come play. But we've actually a few times that was, we only started doing that, I think in July maybe. And a few times we actually turned people away because we were at our limit basically. So we said it felt it's a shitty thing to do. Someone comes here, they're excited to play and you're like, Hey, we're full. Try coming back in a couple hours, but we have like a COVID limit. And we did things like Gerald was saying, the, the contract tracing, the QR, we scan QR codes at the door and it sends, if the government, if that person ends up testing positive, the government can see everywhere they've been. They can see everyone else who was here and immediately contact them and test them. Uh, we took people's temperatures. Everyone had to wear a mask and we enforced that. Actually, a few people, I made them go buy masks and come back and, uh, yeah, that, that we did things like that. And we were doing events for a few weeks and it was starting to go really well. Actually, the past couple of weeks, we'd been really busy. Um, yeah. Tons of new communities, communities that we didn't even really know existed in Korea in those numbers. The guys coming out and saying, man, our game has needed a home for a long time. Yeah. It's crazy. Games that that if you talk to like even Korean FTC guys, are like, oh, nobody plays that game in Korea. And then like 20 guys show up to play whatever, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle or, you know, and... You're like, this is amazing. And then just this last week, this news comes out, so we're going to have to close again. It's really, I think, frustrating on for everyone. This situation, I mean, we run a fighting game venue. I don't want to complain too much because there's people who are being affected worse than this. There's people who have lost loved ones, right? But it's just taking a toll on everyone, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's the uncertainty that's, um, that's the hardest thing about this, right? So, you know, like, uh, like Josh said, once... Once we started opening up a little bit because uh, the cases were, were really low and things were under control, there there were a lot of people that were coming. It was it was kind of it was kind of like uh, it was surprising and uh, it was it was a pleasant surprise. There, you know, there are more people that w than we thought uh, coming to the venue, and I think like 
yeah, almost every week it was like to the point where we had to like we were pretty much at the max or we had to refuse people. So uh, it's you know so you have some some good luck there, and then you know this happens. But you know who knows like in a week maybe this thing will you know go down again. Uh, we don't know, but that's the most difficult thing is the uncertainty. So. At the beginning, the thing that really hurt us, we had all these sponsors lined up. Um, obviously, we had uh, Tekken World Tour. Um, we had uh, the, the, the master big event. master TWT event. We had all these things lined up. And um, just the day-to-day -day business here, um, what Corey Studios originally was, was a you know, video production company. We had clients coming from you know, abroad to do like Netflix uh, shows and stuff like that. Everything got canceled during that time. So um, right now we're kind of like, almost like a rebuilding phase. Uh, and um, even rebuilding, it's like we're just taking what we can get in those pockets of uh, time when things are going okay. Um, we, can, we can try to you know, recover from that. But every time that, every week that we can't open, and this is something like on social media, I think a lot of people, um, they don't see as clearly is obviously like, uh, like in the U.S., it's kind of crazy right now because it's like it's very polarized. But like, um, there will be people running events, and they'll they will be like, you know, criticized for opening uh, during you know with all these crazy numbers. And you know, I mean, you know, a lot of it is rightfully so, right? I mean, there's um, I don't know the exact numbers and of, of, in cases of every region, but I've seen some of the numbers in some of these places, and it's just like it's insane, right? Um, even Korea at its peak would be like a dream number in, in some other regions, right? But um, but yeah, some of these places, I mean, they, they're they way bigger than ours, and I know they're paying way more rent because their location is like, they have some prime locations, right? And every weekend they can't do anything. That's, that's a huge opportunity cost, but it's not just the opportunity cost. Uh, it's, it's the fact that you're also paying out money every month right there's the rent that you have to pay and so and it's like salaries yeah it's like you're yeah. you're like poisoned uh in like in fighting games there's a poison mechanic where you're constantly losing life right it's like if you're not doing anything you're, you're it's constantly going down it's not like oh i didn't make money this time it's like i didn't make money and i have to pay upkeep too so it, it, does, it almost seems like you know when the panic uh started with the pandemic there was the first part that everybody identified which is obviously the the disease that is spreading and, and can kill you or make you very ill or you can make somebody else sick. But then I think what was unappreciated at the start of this was the fact that economically this is going to devastate everything. Yeah, and I've seen people bring that up and get blown up for it. But, I mean, this yeah. is a real thing. Like, it's um, – and I do – I agree, like, it's – there are states in, in America, and even now, like in Korea, we had a couple hundred cases, and we're not going to open because of that, right? Right. A couple hundred cases in a country of 55 million people. So I think we are being cautious, and we did close yeah. for you know four hey, months straight. You guys have not been forced to shut down. No. You've elected yeah. to, to not be yep. open at right. periods of time. Just yep. to clarify for people yeah. listening, it's not like you're saying, we want to open up, and no. the government won't let us. That's not no. the situation. Every other cafe in the country, there's, there's more Starbucks in Korea than anywhere in the world. Uh, Seoul has more Starbucks than any city in the world. I, I've read that. That might not be true, but whatever. That's no. I would believe that just yeah. walking around here. <laughs> but there are they're all open. They've never closed, and yep. we're choosing to close. And but there are states in America that have it really bad. I read that if Florida was a country, they'd be fourth in the world for Corona. I don't. Again, I don't know if that's Damn. true, but that's yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah, I know Florida's up there. Yeah. Uh, California's up there. So, um, but yeah. these places opening a venue is 
kind of crazy. But I also, when people say things like that, like, oh, if these people are opening these venues, they should be banned from the FGC. I've seen tweets like that. And it's yeah. like, there, there has to be a degree of empathy there. These people uh, are community guys, probably. Like, owning an FGC venue isn't a moneymaker. Let's just be honest. And, uh, and if that's what you do, it's because you love it. You're probably a member of this community. And if you can't open right now, you're probably losing tons of money, especially if you're in a big American city and you have uh, staff. And yeah, maybe you shouldn't be opening, but it's also like when people just flippantly say, like, just stay closed, it's... Yeah, the, it, it's like, yeah. okay, like, you know, that's, you know, fair enough, but like, where, who's going to pay for the rent for, for the venue that you, you know, went to like all the time like it's, it's it's not like they're like oh man you guys should stay closed and when they do close it's not like they're like oh you know i'm gonna donate some money to help these guys with the rent like you never see like a tweet like that like nobody ever says that right so it's it's it's, it's it is a tricky situation and uh, i don't want to like you know you don't want to be like completely you know not understanding yeah. of of uh probably in the states i wouldn't i don't think anyone should be doing events in yeah the states yeah right now i, I agree say with that, that but i do wish it seems like some people don't have much empathy in that regard. Well, I think I think a lot of people. First of all, I would guess that a lot of the people that are hypercritical of that haven't had a job or a business in the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, I do. Um, you know, it's on some level, it seems like this pandemic is is one of the biggest lessons for everybody about what economics actually is. Like, if you have a business and you have to keep, you know, let's say the place has to continue to be rented um, to stay open. Um, it, if you're not, here, what's the part? Was it? You guys can just, yeah, I, just, I just, I just want to pause yeah. for that. You guys yeah. are like sneaking around the set. Yeah. You can just walk. Just it's, go. it's okay for people yeah. to be here. Just There's go people get, here. Yeah. Go get the beer, go adjust it. The, it's <laughs> yeah. so distracting. If yeah. you guys are like trying to be ninjas around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just walk up, take it, yeah. go right. fill it up, <laughs> put it back. No one's going to fucking, the Reddit threads will not blow up. We're going, who's the guy who got the cup? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's I sorry. hope they yeah. do. Yeah, that's okay. Let's get your beer. And then... Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Last time uh, when I kept getting your drinks, I just was walking behind you. Yeah, that's all you gotta yeah. do is then you just yeah. put it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's it makes it real and it's where people yeah. work and where people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna start getting costumes and walking behind Nick when you're. I'm gonna get like a Blanca costume. And <laughs> just like, walk, you're like, is that is there a we Blanca? Corre? Like. Yeah. We can even keep this running. This yeah. is fine. But what what I was saying is, uh, yeah, like as far as economics goes, like if you have a venue that's open or, or, or a bar or a cafe or, or anywhere, you have to pay rent. Right. Even even when you're not making any money off of it. Yeah. And then if that closes because you don't have any money, you're not going to have money to open up another business. And then if um, if you don't have money to do that, we're just going to see everything start and, to crumble everywhere in a row. Like five people. And, you know, like, what if you employ a couple of people full time and that's how those people support their families? And then it's it's I mean, like you said, it's a lesson in economics. This is literally yes. the basics of economics. Like yeah. we exchange money for goods and services. Yeah. and That keeps people alive. Like, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's if it, it, you just have to understand that. So, like, you know, we're not like this is not the Red Bull Core Studios, you know, uh, you know, sponsored by a, a company with infinite money. Not yet. Where right. it's like, not, yeah, yet. not yet. Not yet. <laughs> if, if you do have watching. a company with infinite money, we're here. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so like, yeah, infinite money companies, like, you know, gigantic corporations, they can weather the storm for like forever. They can just like be like, you know, they're just like this huge, like monster with all this armor and, you know, yeah. it can like just take so much damage. Like it's like, it's insane. Right. But like for us, it's like, 
a month, a weekend where we have to close, a month, a couple of months, that's like, oh shit, like we're gonna die now. Like we, we can't take any more damage, right? So it's, um, you know, and, and so I think in a certain sense, like, uh, and I know people have talked about this, like obviously like the, the big companies who do have a lot more money, you know, uh, they're, they're, they can survive this much easier, right? So, um, and obviously they're, I mean, I know that people are getting laid off and stuff. It, it, it affects, you know, everybody, but like, it's, uh, it's another one of those things where like, you know, we're not, you know, we're like a mom and pop right. store, right? We're not, uh, you know, we, we have a limit, right? So um, that said, we're, we're doing okay. I mean, I'm obviously people watching my channel, I've noticed like a ton of ads <laughs> uh, at the end of the video. Um, they're, they're sponsored videos, right? But, um, you know, last year I, I was getting, are you offers. talking about your YouTube, videos? my YouTube channel? Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, so like last year I, I, I had a lot of, um, you know, these sponsor offers and I just didn't take them, uh, cause I didn't really like, I didn't really feel the need or anything at that time. But, um, but definitely Can like, I ask you a question. Yeah. Do you feel like you were reluctant to, because you know, being FGC, it might've made the videos feel less pure or anything like <laughs> no, that. No, 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 no. It's, no? it's um, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I, mean, I had never done like, you know, a sponsored video or anything like that. So like, it was like, there are these, there are like these offers and, um, they're not, they're not like, I'm not against like sponsored videos. Like I think, you know, it's, it's the biggest thing for me was, uh, deadlines. So that's the thing is like ever I'm, I'm famous for, uh, taking way too long my videos and people getting pissed off at me. Cause like, <laughs> oh man, that was an awesome video. We'll see you next year. Like, you know, snipe comments, <laughs> like every single video, like, um, so, so that's how I've always made my videos. But the thing about like having a sponsor is like, you have to like, they're, you know, you have to like, let them know when you're going to release the video. So like, there's like, uh, you know, they call them integrations. Right. And you have to have them, um, within a certain time frame. And so I had to kind of you know, rethink how I worked on these videos. Like a lot of these, uh, a lot of ideas that I have, um, sometimes I just sit on them for a long time. It's like, I'll talk about a video and it won't be out for a year. Like this happened multiple times. Like people in the FGC know, like I, you know, I'll just talk about this topic to people and they'll just be like, man, Gerald never made that video. Like that he was talking <laughs> about It's like, but then a year later, here it is. Right. So, um, so, you know, when you're doing sponsored content, you have to kind of like, readjust your schedule and stuff like that. And, um, like even like, what, what is the deadline like for a sponsored content? Like they reach out to you, they say, Corey, Corey gaming. We love what you do. We need this in like two months. Any uh, so, video? I mean, it's, I, I mean, I, I just make the date with them. So it's okay. not like, so I, I haven't agreed upon date. Right. But that even that is something that like was kind of weird to me, like before just even having like ample time. Right. So, um, so like, and it's not, I've never really, you know, been like rushed to the point where I'm hurting the quality of the video with these sponsors. I just have to like be cognizant of, you know, the deadline and, uh, it, yeah. I think a lot of the times it's been like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you work with a brand directly, it can, maybe they're more flexible or if they really show an interest in the channel, they have more control. But if you're working, usually a lot of these ads and stuff are through agencies and they're just a middleman and yeah. they're basically charged with getting X number of views on this ad and they're just messaging, you know, content creators, YouTubers, and they don't have as much, 
uh, maybe leeway or yeah. care really. They're just looking at your raw channel numbers. Whereas if a brand contacts you directly, they might actually really just like what you do and want to be a part of it. I yeah, for sure. Um, every every brand's kind of different with uh, you know how they approach the sponsor sponsoring my videos. So um, yeah, some you, you're kind of dealing with somebody that's not really uh, you know that some people some of these people like. They've never really watched one of my videos. You can tell just by the interactions and stuff. But you know, generally, if I think you know, like the the thing that they have is uh, you know is something that can be useful or something that I use, like like the ExpressVPN thing that I did, like that that was like something that I was already using for a long time, right? So if, if ExpressVPN approaches me and it's like you know you want to do this ad or whatever, uh, obviously that's going to be like you know, kind of a no-brainer, right? So, um, you know, and like, it's one of those things where you're fighting with like, you know, you don't, you want to, um, uh, I guess, to uh, to use a, uh, an, a, I don't want to say like losing your soul, but um, when you when you do certain, uh, you, everyone has their limits of what they're going to do, right? For Totally, for totally. When it comes to like advertising, right? Or like, what are you comfortable with? Like, how yeah. much can you pimp this thing out? Yeah, like everyone. I mean, you 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 know this, right? Sure, I mean, there's of like, and uh, it's you know, there's like, there's just a line. Everyone has it, right? I mean, it's like, you know, like, are you like, there's like, on one end, you have like this useful product, like a very useful product that's very relevant, and you're using it, right? And then on the other end, you have like these like shady like supplement pills or something, right? That you're like, you know, is this is this going to be like snake oil or like? You know, and so like there's everything in between. So you just kind of have to find the right balance, and then you want to do it in a way that doesn't um, sacrifice the, the quality of your content, right? So you don't um, have like a five minute ad at the beginning of one of your videos. Yeah, so that's another big thing, right? <laughs> I've like, seen some of those videos where yeah, they're like, "Hey guys, here's an ad," and then yeah. you finish it, and they have another one, and you're like, "Oh, I'm not ever gonna get to see <laughs> this video, am I?" Like, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, being defiant of, you know, like. You know, ads or, or or money or anything like that. It's just um, figuring that out and where you stand and and what you're going, what you're willing to do. That I think that takes it's kind of a process. It takes some time, right? I think. It, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say. I mean, if if you weren't making content like that on YouTube, would this would an, a venue like this be impossible? Um, yeah. So um, I guess these days, um, yeah. Like like a so I stream now. And I'll just be completely honest. I've, I've said this on my stream, but like one of the reasons I'm streaming is to help save this venue, <laughs> um, help save this situation. So, um, I mean, streaming like uh, we talked about this. I think uh, last yeah, year, like we, we, we were both. We, we were, were like, no, please. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't mean to run over you. Yeah, yeah. We we're, were both like skeptical of streaming, like both of us. Yeah, like, we we both came from different obscure backgrounds. Like I know streaming is is kind of the more common thing I think to do if you're in gaming, like no matter what you're going to be streaming, but you are making YouTube content. I do freelance casting uh, now only in Korea because I can't leave, but I was doing stuff overseas too. Um, and we would, we would have nights where we would talk about this and say like, are we supposed to be streaming? Yeah. It's like, it's kind of weird. It's like kinda... people are watching you game and then you have to like, yeah, you yeah, can't no, lose I, so much. Yeah. And... The same thing. I thought they're going to watch me play and I don't know if I'm, worth watching and yeah. that's not really my my angle i want to talk about the game and analyze it and you were in a similar position as well yeah as a matter of fact the the because I, I knew how skeptical you were about streaming um to the point where like 
I mean, I know um, a lot of our friends were like, you know, come on, like, you know, this is like a yeah, it's been you, an inside joke streaming. in our yeah. friend group for a long time where guys would were telling you to stream. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> why, I'm like, why would I stream? I don't yeah. get it. Like, I don't need to stream. Yeah. Like, yeah, but then. Uh, your stream is awesome. I watch it all the time. And like, Thank you. it's weird to watch a stream well, of someone you know. Hopefully you hopefully didn't watch it today, man, because that yeah. was a fucking disaster, man. I lost so many hey, games today. But. Yeah, watching a stream of someone you know is weird. Is kind it? Of. For me, it, sometimes it is because... Because when I watch Dan's stream, I'm like, well, that's there he funny. is. That's, <laughs> that's funny for a different reason. But yeah, yeah it's... For me, it's I watch Gerald stream every day too. And uh, I, I always have both your streams on whenever you're on. And it's just funny because I talk to both of you almost every day. Yeah. yeah. And then to watch you interact with the public like that on your stream it's funny and i'll always send gerald like little troll messages oh man and, and for the first little while he didn't know it was me and i could tell a couple of them he's like this guy's a jackass kind of weird like, yeah. <laughs> wait what but, were you sending him like i can't even remember yeah just yeah like, he would say like just like when he would lose a game i like criticize my play or something yeah, like, and like, like say my character's op or something and then yeah. like what's what's funny is like when i found out it was it, it was josh like yeah he went by the name like J to the Lou or something. I actually should have known because yeah. it wasn't like a hidden name or anything. But when he started doing that, I, I had the opposite problem where, where I knew who it was. So I would start talking shit to this one like and viewer. Guys on the stream would be like, dude, Joe's like, going in out. on this guy. <laughs> 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 but, but you know, it, it is a weird thing when you have a chat room that you're interacting yeah. with, right? Like while you're trying to concentrate on something else. I thought, um, you know, for me, because, you know, I, I do casting for events and, and chat can be very mean but they're yeah. never being mean at you they're yeah. just saying things i mean if you're commentating you're not sitting there reading the chat unless yeah. unless you're probably not gonna have your job for very long because you shouldn't yeah, be yeah. reading chat and trying to uh, yeah. cast a game but <laughs> um so i think for me i was reluctant to to stream a little bit just out of i guess it, it felt alien to me to be engaging with a chat room but now to be honest i actually i love streaming well and i, I really think, enjoy it yeah i get the i don't stream and i and if i did stream no one would watch but when uh i get the hesitance to i guess if you have if you are known you have a following and then you stream sometimes you just want to play games that's like how you unwind yeah. right like i think everyone around this table we actually love games that's why we're doing what we do and sometimes you just want to play games to unwind and I get sometimes thinking about playing that game while streaming, it might not seem relaxing, but I think that's one of the things I've heard you say is that you actually still find it enjoyable and helps you. I think I had to rewire my brain a little bit. And then, you know, for StarCraft, when I was much younger, I used to have a lot of anxiety conditions in tournaments. I would get very nervous. And um, I think honestly, just playing with everybody watching, even if I played terribly, it's like, well, yeah, it's out there now. I guess it, you know, I. I I wasn't as nervous as, at, to stream as I thought I would be, but I think it's actually almost better for me if I'm going to be practicing and training hard to keep myself on point yeah. and kind of be out there doing that. I mean, at least I'm mostly streaming StarCraft 1, but I found yeah. it useful for me. Well, I mean, that's um, another reason that I, I stream is to practice my live speaking, my public speaking, I guess. Uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a VOD guy, right? I do YouTube and I spend like a long time writing the words I'm going to say. And then when I record myself, I record the same line like three or four times. Sometimes I'll just re-record a line like 10 times to, to get the right cadence or, or whatever, right? And then when you're thrown into the, you know, thrown into a, a live broadcast, all the rules are different, right? It's like if you screw up something or you say something or stutter, it's like that's, that's it. Like that's, yeah. that happened and you can't take that back ever. So, uh, 
streaming has also helped me try to you know practice work on that and of course um i do want to try to get into commentary and stuff it's one of the reasons why i made a video about it um it was kind of also research research for myself to practice like speaking live because man when i when i watch myself in these like old interviews i did uh with people it just looks like dog shit. I'm just like, man, this It's hard this to watch your sucks. old stuff too. Yeah. It's hard to watch yourself, but it's even harder to watch yourself from like five years ago or Yeah, I don't I, I don't commentate. Gerald's actually been commentating a lot recently for some of the little show matches and stuff we've been doing here. And I think he's really good at it. Um I, I mean, don't I have no aspirations to do any of that, but we needed some English commentary for some Smash events we did, so I've hopped on the mic a couple I times. I saw that. I've, I've watched I that. watch I go back and watch it and I'm just like Oh, like I, it's, I don't know how you guys just do it day in, day out. And I guess maybe it's easier cause you're actually good at it, but it's, no, I, I, it's I think you were pretty good. I mean, like, I, well, I think I was crappy. I like, think, I, I think watched. it's horrifying to, to, to watch yourself. Yeah. Like this podcast, I have a hard time watching it. Like yeah. just looking at myself, I like when I come on camera, I'm like, oh, it's fucking tasteless. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> um, but I think. The more you do it, the more you realize, okay, it's it's fine. That's yeah. what I look like. That's what I sound like. But yeah, especially when you start, it's yeah. I was commentating with a a friend here, and he's also not a professional commentator, but he does he does smash really well. And we were just we were just having fun shooting the shit, and yeah. we got really into it the one day, and it was I got like ten messages after from different people, like, dude, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And then I went back and rewatched it and we had made like a bunch of jokes that I was like, I don't know if I don't want that on the internet forever. Like it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe maybe I got a little carried away. Yeah. And I realized like, you know, uh you and Dan are both super funny guys. And there's probably like you commentate so many times and to not step over that line ever, like for me, that's a skill. Like that that would I be think hard we step over do. the line a decent amount, but <laughs> well, we're in a weird spot at GSL because I think they just kind of left us alone, and I don't think we're that heavily monitored. Yeah. Like, they just see that all the feedback's very good, and we're probably doing the best that the global department can have, so right. we've been left alone, but they're actually yeah. doing a mini documentary on us. And they're like looking up all these old clips and like, they're like, so like, what was this joke about? And it's like me talking about like an old guy taking Viagra and I'm like, <laughs> like they're asking me these questions. And I'm thinking like, you should have just fired me like years ago. Um, but I think, I think if you're making something that's funny and people are liking it, even if you overstep, it's okay. You get a bit of leeway. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're, it, if you're being funny, being, if you're just being an edgelord or it's, you're just making it uncomfortable, I think it's a fast track to get booted, yeah. but yeah well, let, let, let's talk about that for a second then because i i, I, I feel like this is my most challenging podcast because we're all friends we all know each other really well <laughs> we can talk about anything but you guys have been uh running events out of here now not big gatherings no no not big yeah. get, get togethers but you've been streaming uh small tournaments out of here can, can you tell us a little bit about that and then i i'm happy to go back on to casting but yeah. just to, to plug that for yeah, you guys. Yeah, more, I guess, Josh. Uh... Uh, well, we haven't done too much. We, we started doing, um, we were working with uh, these guys, uh, Hitbox. They make uh, fighting game controllers, and uh, they, they're really good guys. They're community guys, and they wanted to partner with us to, uh, it was really cool of them. Basically, they, they, they said they want, we want to help keep you guys 
open basically yeah if i'm speaking yeah as frankly as possible that uh so we plan this event series so we're doing these kind of mini one day um they're re- kind of similar to the inspiration was you know i i i am from starcraft i've done i've organized starcraft tournaments back in canada and uh, one of the inspirations was home story cup a little bit for how we do these kind of one day uh events and the first one was uh we did for smash which is not a big game out here but the idea was to ramp up we're doing five games, uh, Smash, then Soul Calibur, which was supposed to be this weekend. I think we're going to be postponing it due to recent events. And uh, Korea has some really good Soul Calibur players. And then uh, it kind of ramps up to Grand Blue, uh, which is a popular game in Korea. And then Street Fighter. Obviously, Korea has some Street Fighter legends. Like, and, and when yeah. are these events normally on? Uh, they were going to be uh, basically on every Sunday. Um, right now, we're everything's in flux with the, the recent situation. So... We're gonna play it by ear, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely be, and then yeah, updating everyone. By, yeah, so like yeah. these tournaments, also I think people should know that they're they're invitational tournaments, right? So it's not like they're not, not like open, open tournaments yeah. where you have like you know sixty people in a room or anything. Yeah. So when when Josh is talking about like you know we might have to postpone and stuff, that's because Korea might be going to like you know level three. Uh, you know, um, alert for coronavirus, which apparently it's like, I think, um, level two is like 50 people, uh, gatherings, like that's the limit. And then level three is like 10 people gatherings. And, and if our invitation had less people and we had like a smaller staff, then like 10 might be manageable, but like for the soul caliber thing, we were inviting 10 people, but then we have a stream engineer, we have commentators, right? Yeah. Like 15. So, and, and Frank, like we just also, some of those guys were coming from other places in the country and yeah the travel yeah. we talked to them and they're like we don't really want to ride the bus and stuff which we so we're going to postpone it and, mm-hmm. and luckily the all of our sponsors have been super supportive about that and stuff so um the biggest invitation i think we have is for 16 people which is tekken um so yeah, but yeah but, we and then we've been starting to do show matches here on fridays and saturdays just first to tens with guys in street fighter yeah Guilty two people Gear, yeah and uh that's really it's been really hype uh, gerald's been commentating a lot of those um for you did Tekken and Street Fighter, yeah, yeah, and Grand Blue, and Grand Blue, yeah. yeah. So those those are basically the three games that like I I feel comfortable commentating. Um, obviously, like a big part of my my commentary video I did uh, is you know the idea of like you know how much do you have to know to commentate a game, right? And that kind of goes. I think that's different for for depending on the community, right? And uh, and what game you're doing, right? So uh, I feel like I don't know for. For Tekken, maybe it's because I don't have a Tekken background, but like I feel like I really need to be grinding this game to like talk about it like more confidently. Um, but you know that's that's a game that I you know I had been playing on and off, but in recent streams I I just went like ham and like I've been ranking up a lot and uh, I got to ranks that I never ever been to and and um, and I'm sorry and I actually am learning more about the game so I, I realized like oh man that character oh now I know why everyone hates that that character like, <laughs> he's getting to the point I where hate he's him. raging like, about Leroy and yeah Falcon. like so, if you're, yeah, that's if how you're not, know you're a real tech yeah player. I was like uh, you know I, I knew Falcon like everyone like hates that character because like that's that's kind of the OP character right now in Tekken um, I think a lot of people might not know uh, watching this but um, Tekken right now uh, the the, the the two recent DLC characters have had um, uh, insane controversy because it just flipped the the balance of the game like um, in a crazy way to the point where you have like these big tournaments where like 
all these people are playing these characters, right? In, in the top eight at Evo this Japan. This happened in Evo Tokyo, right? Yeah, so that was the first. everybody was Leroy. Yeah, yeah, it was like Leroy six, Japan. Six yeah. of the top eight, was it? Yeah, it was like yeah. six of the top eight. and Leroy? Uh, yeah, and he was so overpowered. But then they nerfed him, but he, he's still good. And then like Fakumram came out, and uh, he's like this Thai boxer character. He looks like um, Sagat, right? He kind of looks like Sagat. Yeah. There are some rumors that like, you know, they just took like the Sagat model from Tekken Cross Street Fighter that they're supposedly working on and just like kind of like um, rewired him to be <laughs> a, a new character. Very much like Sagat. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think he, he looks badass. He's kind of like a more, slightly more evil version of Sagat. Yeah, he has like a face yeah. tattoo yeah. and like, yeah. um, he's like a, these characters are badass. Like I, I love Leroy's design. I love Fakumram's design. I was so hyped when those characters were announced. But, like, yeah, right? So right now, Fakumram, um, he's kind of like, uh, he's actually soft banned in Korea. So the, when, whenever there's, like, a tournament that's not, like, big stakes, the, the top players, they've kind of all banded together to be like, all right, let's just not play this character and, like, let's just play our original, like, mains. And, but then, obviously, when there's, there's, like, tens of thousands of dollars on the line, you know, everyone understands, like, okay, let's just play, the, play to win, right? Yeah, it's crazy when you see, like, you look at these top tournaments, like, these huge names in Tekken that are all known for different characters, like Mii's playing them, Ulsan, who's really famous for Kazumi and Bob, and Ulsan, even even at Evo Japan, when everyone was playing Leroy, he got, I think, fourth or fifth yeah, with, yeah. with Bob and Kazumi. Like, he didn't give in, yeah. and everyone was kind of cheering for him. Like, that was one of the storylines. And then he's even playing Falcon Ram lately in these big money tournaments. JDCR just won an online tournament with, with Falcon Ram last night. Yeah, and it's like these are guys that are all famous for playing other characters. They're all playing fucking around. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's like to the point where um, it's it's like if you know anything about the game, you know that these characters. If you want to win, you got to use these characters. And and so, um, so yeah. I have a question. Is is there? This is maybe a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but this happens in all games where there's a downloadable character and new <laughs> character that the character will Ooh. never come out to be bad. Right? Yeah, and it and, and and some would argue that that's there to increase sales, in in a malicious way, or is this them being generous with balancing it because you can't release, yeah, a piece so, of shit character. So you can't really know for sure, right? Yeah. Unless you're like deep in the company and you know what the the business executives are doing. But um, I guess historically, like Tekken has been pretty good about it. Like except Akuma, Akuma was like really busted when he first came out but then i kind of ex- i think that i think akuma was hard to balance I mean, yeah just the that, way it was designed exactly. i feel like that well, was quite challenging akuma's just good in every game <laughs> yeah, yeah well but, but also like you're putting a 2d character in a 3d game and akuma like he's like the he's like a character with like meter he has like an fadc system he has like street fighter 4 mechanics in like tekken which never had any like balls and it's yeah. like this, they like somehow fit this like really radically different character into this you know, into this game, and people just didn't, like, you know, jumping, right? That's not really a thing in Tekken, but Akuma has jumping as a thing, like, so, like, suddenly there's, like, a new route to get hit by your opponent, because he can just jump like a, like a Street Fighter character, and so, like, when he first came out, he was, like, really busted to the point where um, uh, a well-known um, uh, Street Fighter player, Punko, he was like winning tournaments left and right, and he never played Tekken. He's never known to play winning Tekken. Winning tournaments without using sidestep. Yeah, once. He, he was like, like yeah, yeah. He's just <laughs> like this playing this two D character in a two D way, and he would apologize like on Twitter, like when he wanted, like, and he never apologizes. Like this is like something that never happens. So there was kind of that, 
But then for a while, like Tekken was famous for like being very well balanced. Um, I think one of the uh, Tekken World Tours was won by uh, Rongchu, who basically played like bottom tier character, uh, the bear. Uh, Kuma, yeah, right? Kuma, yeah, or uh, or he played Panda. I'm sorry, um, Panda, but they're they're similar characters. But he played Panda, which is um, I think they're pretty much the same except like they have a couple differences. He won the Tekken World Tour with that character during a time when everybody was like, "This is bottom tier." If you look at all the tier lists, he was bottom tier. Yeah, so it that got, it got nerfed right after, still. Right? Yeah, then they nerfed <laughs> him afterwards. But I mean, that's uh, what are you going to do yeah. with games that get patched like yeah. all the time? But um, but Tekken was known to be like this kind of shining example of like, look at this beautiful balance. And then these two DLC characters, they came out and, you know, it's, it's so far, they're so powerful to the point where, yeah, there, there are suspicions. People are suspicious that, uh, you know, it might be that like maybe to get more sales or something because anybody who knows anything about the game and the developers, they know, they understand their game, right? And this is not like a new game. This is Tekken has had legacy mechanics for so many years. It's, Tekken is known to not have changed their game uh, radically in the way Street Fighter has with each iteration. So they understand their game. So the the amount that um, the amount that they're overpowered was kind of I think a lot of people had uh, had a bunch of suspicions. Do you do you guys actually think uh, if that was if that was true if that was the the companies that, that make these games plan we have to make this character busted so everyone buys it. Do you actually think that's a valid strategy? Like, I, have a I mean, I guess it would depend on me. From a business perspective, it would make sense. I understand never having a character that's underpowered come out. Right. Right. But, I mean, and, and this was uh, what, what made me think about this was actually League of Legends was, you know, when they were adding in characters in right. the early days, it's like, of course, this is the best character now. Right. Um, but, you know, as, as we're getting into a world where microtransactions are just everywhere in games, or in a game like Tekken where you release a new character and it's so strong that you fucking literally have to, even if you don't play the character, you have to have it so you understand how to beat it Yeah. and, and how the character I operates. Just, I just wonder if, my, my thinking on that's always been like, Tekken 7's been out now for, you know, four or five years, and how long has it been out? Um, it's so been bad. out since 2017 was the console release. 2015, I believe, is the arcade release. Okay. So four or five years, yeah. yeah. But, like, for, in my mind, anyone who's still playing that game is, like, hardcore enough that they'll just buy the character, whether it's really good or not. That's kind of my thinking. Like, maybe I'm wrong about that, but if, yeah. I, if I'm still playing a game for five years, I'm just going to buy the character. It doesn't matter if it's, like, super busted. As long as, maybe like you say, if it's not, like, totally shit, like... I just don't know if that's. I, think I, I, I yeah, because I I hear people talk about this, and I, yeah, I mean may, maybe I'm like applying really nefarious intentions <laughs> to just like a company that's trying to make a new character that's cool that you're gonna like, but I do hear people talk about this. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, you know, there's, they, these companies have to make money, right? And um, and to mess with like to make like a character so strong that it's kind of like a pay to win thing um obviously for competitive people that's just like this is this is like the worst thing right um but i think there are ways that they can still make a lot of money without like messing with the competitive side of things um and if you look at like uh you know a popular example is um, the way street fighter has done uh way too many chun costumes it's almost like a meme now like yeah. it's like oh you guys are gonna like fix the net code it's like uh we have more Chun We're thinking costumes. about it. <laughs> We're They're thinking like, about it, and yeah. then ten new Chun Li costumes come out because those things sell, right? And yeah. uh, and you know, it's like, you know, there. I think that's way 
better than like messing with like i didn't really get the trying costume thing and then uh sometimes <laughs> i play street fighter with my wife my wife actually she hates video games but she likes street fighter for some reason and uh i shouldn't say she hates video games she doesn't play them but she right. likes street fighter and she's like looking through all the the chun costumes and she's just like oh i really like this one <laughs> and there's like there's like oh look how many colors there are and she's like she spent like 20 minutes choosing the skin she was gonna fight me with and i'm just like you're gonna it, lose anyways so, yeah but yeah. It, it's it's funny like and i when i saw her doing that i was like okay i i get it no now. this, this yeah. happened to me i i just got a uh, fall guys for my girlfriend Ooh. And like she's just going through the outfits and the colors and the stripes. Yeah. You can have that little jelly bean and what it's going to be. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'm for that kind of stuff. If yeah. for, to even make in money. Dark Souls, actually, I kind of get into the armor sets yeah. and stuff and how my guy's going to look. Wait, are there DLC armor? No, sets but or? I mean when you're just doing the whole Barbie doll thing. But oh when you're, yeah, yeah. When you're, you're like, oh, character. I really like how this one looks, but this one has like yeah. better stats. This one like, makes oh. me a little bit faster, but. Oh. <laughs> No, no, that one's pretty cool looking. When I, when I played Dark Souls One, I was like, that game was so hard. I was just like, no, I'm gonna look like an idiot. Yeah. I don't care. I'm gonna look yeah. as Girls stupid running around as possible. With two different shoes. I looked on. so <laughs> dumb by the end. Like, it was like, it was like, yeah, my character looked like an idiot. But then, like, when I played Bloodborne, I realized that like the it didn't like the the armor and like the stuff that you can equip didn't really change your character as drastically as as Dark Souls. That's true. So yeah. like, I heard like some people referenced Bloodborne as being kind of like like fashion born because like yeah. you can actually like have more freedom to dress your character up without like sacrificing you know your abilities and stuff so maybe they they thought about that a little bit because you know bloodborne is like kind of more stylistic and and you know it has a victorian era kind of aesthetic going on so i don't know it it is important right did you guys ever hear about this conspiracy theory about it with quake where quake 3 i think was so popular the next quake didn't get any traction or maybe this was quake 2 and quake 3 couldn't get any traction but that they released a patch that had a bug so that the old version wasn't playable wait what yeah i've, this, I've heard I, about this amazing. this is I, really old i always Whoa. get quake really, 2 and 3 actually i yeah they, i get them confused because it's a blur for me one of them i, I yeah. actually played a shit ton of yeah and i don't in good faith remember which one it was so somebody like really important when i was this is my first year out here somebody from a really important company came out here and told me this conspiracy theory and I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, some people believe that's, that might be true, that like id Software had to try to sabotage the old game and basically release a version that was just, um, just to try to push people. We've, we've seen other companies like become kind of victims of their own success with one game where they release a sequel yeah. and people are like, well, the old one's just better. Yeah. You guys, yeah. You guys clearly just don't understand what it was we liked so much about this, this is game. actually it seems like most modern games are suffering from this yeah smash yeah. has struggled with this yeah uh starcraft 2 had massive difficulty getting traction in korea it's yeah. got its scene now but starcraft 1 is still bigger um yeah, yeah. um I, I i think that just happens with any any game where it's like you invest a lot of time into and um you know especially if it's competitive right so if you if you learn starcraft if you learn brood war like since the game came out, you're going to have like this body of knowledge that only applies to Brood War, right? And it's like, if you're going to play a new game, obviously it's, that's not going to apply. There's going to be a lot of things that don't apply to the new game. And, um, you know, a lot of people might not like that, right? So I think that happens with every iteration. Um, even like, even in Tekken, like, you know, t people have like their favorite, like, you know, uh, you know, Tekken games, right? But even Tekken is one of the one of the franchises where they haven't like in, in fighting games they haven't uh, changed it as drastically as other franchises like other two D franchises. 
Um, but still, like, you know, there are people who, like, you know, prefer, like, some of the old games. But um, I think there's there's kind of, you got to find that right balance of, like, uh, uh, there's always going to be people who are, like, they're going to like the old thing, like, no matter what. But then, um, like, there's also, like, it's on the developer to, you know, kind of, like, I was talking about this on my stream with them. Um, the developer of, of Punch Planet, and we're debating like, would Street Fighter ever get rid of motion inputs in their game, right? Because uh, games are now heading towards removing motion inputs. Like, um, I mean, obviously, like Smash kind of like. Did when that you mean first. motion input, do you mean like a, a quarter fireball? circle forward? Okay. Yeah, like it, it's not a motion input if it's just like hold one direction and press a button, right? It's just that's that's still considered an easy input. But um, when you're doing like a quarter circle forward, half circle forward, or even a, a charge, yeah, yeah, a charge two second or tar you're charge about second. Getting rid of that. So yeah, well, games are already getting rid of that. So like Fantasy oh. Strike, just you know, it just became free to play. Um, and uh, but that game is like you know, that game is like the most accessible fighting game or of the two D kind of. Uh, it's, it's one thing uh, to do with a new game like that, right? But it's yeah. another thing to take an existing beloved franchise and. and Exactly. It. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of StarCraft 1 to StarCraft 2. I really felt strongly about this. The fact that you could grab the whole army. And yeah. I like StarCraft 2. I, I right. want to put that disclaimer out here because no matter what, there's shitlords on either side of the... Yeah. Of which StarCraft 1 or StarCraft 2 that try to hit... No, shit they're, on the other I, they're both amazing games. They're both great. They're just different. Like, but yeah. I was so shocked when they just wanted to downgrade, in my mind, downgrade the mechanical aspect yeah. Of StarCraft 1 and StarCraft 2. And I know that they wanted to make StarCraft 2 more accessible, but I thought that was what the game was, was the mechanical thing. And when you're talking about the fireball mechanic, let's say getting removed or charge mechanics, I, to me, that is essential to what the game is. Yeah. So I'm like literally before I came here to do this podcast, like I'm, I was working on a, I'm working on a video right now that's uh, about that topic, right? So I think um, recently there was a, there was a YouTuber who made a video about, um, you know, talking about fighting games that basically calling for the abolition of motion inputs in fighting games. And, you know, it kind of like blew up and it was very controversial and stuff. And, and surprisingly, like there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, you know, like these motion inputs, like, you, you know, they're just so unnecessary. And it's like kind of like gatekeeping. And like, and I was just like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Like, no, okay, we, we have to talk about this, right? So I decided to make the next video about this topic and I think a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, I mean, you play you play Honda, you play charge character. Yeah. You understand like the I idea of like having a charge character. Um, there's a game to it, right? If somebody you don't want people to jump over you because then you lose your charge because you're charging the wrong yeah. way. If somebody yeah. comes or over you, you charge down, down and then you can, when, yeah. when someone crosses you up and you get them. Yeah. With the cross up headbutt, that's the best feeling as a Honda main. I think I think every Honda main knows that feeling when they think they're crossing you up and they get the headbutt anyways, and you're like. I mean, if you get away, if you get rid of that, it's yeah. There's something it's the soul of the game. Yeah, there's something there's yeah. something yeah. missing, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I think a lot of people just don't understand because maybe they it's too hard and and they couldn't do it. But then I don't buy the argument that it's too hard. I think people just don't want to put the the time into it. And uh, and if you don't want to put in the time into it, you can play a game that doesn't have that. That's fine. Or a but, game that has both. Like yeah, Grand or a game Blue. that that yeah. has both. Um, yeah, like Grand Blue, but. It's the, this idea that like, okay, these are stupid and like, we need to get rid of it. Like, I think that mentality, like, you know, people need to be, realize that that's, that's not how you should think about, you know, game development. You know, that's, that limits, I think, creative, uh, you know, creativity in, in game yeah, design. Yeah, it's right? a feature, not a bug. 
What, yeah. You, you brought up StarCraft. I, I've actually, we've never talked about this, but is that the main feature between Brood War and StarCraft 2 that you think maybe, uh, I don't know how to say this, is the reason you might like StarCraft 1 more is the, the fact that you can select 12 units in Brood War and all your units in StarCraft 2? Is there anything else? So I was talking to Artosis about this, and we kind of came to the same conclusion that the early game in general is a little bit more interesting in StarCraft 1 because it's not automated. Mm. You know, you start out with almost nothing and everything you have to do manually and it, it makes for a lot of unique situations. Um, I guess to answer your question, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I like the mechanical component. I like that the more buildings I have, the more things I have to make out of manually. Mm. If my buildings aren't placed well, I have to move my screen around. Um, the bigger my army is, the harder it is to move. If I attack in and I fuck up and it's the wrong attack, the harder it is to escape. Where And, and you know, StarCraft Two is really good and it is the fastest RTS, which I think people don't talk about for whatever reason with StarCraft Two. I think, uh, especially out in Korea, there's a big view of Brood War being so hardcore, especially in every well, little in, aspect. In StarCraft Two, you can but you can lose a max army yeah, in like a second. Yeah, you can like just have your screen in the wrong spot and die, and that is <clears throat> that's a cool part about the yeah. game. That's actually I think the selling point of the game, and I think it's better for TV because the pacing of it yeah. it lends itself to. I mean, StarCraft One sometimes like I think we saw a, that last season, not this past season, but the last <laughs> season. Uh, I think it was Parting versus Ty. Yeah, where he clearly just walked his army in the wrong spot, uh, yeah. and got eviscerated. And you're just like watching, and you're like, it was one second, and it cost him the series. It cost him yeah. seven, a five, best of five. And that StarCraft Two is punishing in that way, and I think a lot of people don't recognize it. But and, yeah, and, and you got to respect that. But yeah, for, for me, for what I grew up on, and also StarCraft One being, I think the most balanced RTS out of Warcraft Three, StarCraft One, StarCraft Two. It's it's basically regarded as is the cleanest i think it's because the game's so messy kind of like in, in in street fighter let's pretend that we're in, and this is all theory right so this isn't yep. that valuable but let's pretend we're in a world where it's all easy input right there's no yeah. fireball i think we could we, we, we cut through everything very quickly and see where things end up and what's the easiest little mini game you're having in a fighting game sure sure you know maybe it turns out ken's the best or I don't know, you know, Ehan is the best right. because the, the the decision tree is is simplified to a point where it isn't hard to get to yeah, the you end. you arrive at optimal right. so quickly. Right. And then there's, where do you go from there? You've already, you've cracked the code. It's yeah, yeah, so actually kind of what's interesting is, um, so there's this game, Fantasy Strike. Um, I do want to talk about this game uh, just because it's it's almost like, that science experiment like actualized right so it's like what do you what happens when you make a, a 2d fighting game like traditional like street fighter style fighting game where you make it as accessible as possible and this this game basically it's free to play now you can like actually try it um anybody listening but it's it's basically you know no motion inputs um you have two buttons that are dedicated towards special moves where you just press the button and it does the special move right so um, you know, every character is like that. The health is in like blocks. The health is in like units, like hearts in Zelda. So you know exactly how much health you have. It's not like a kind of, it's not like a bar where like. You, you can figure out like how much health a move does, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, always, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the game is fun. I like it. Um, it's, it's an enjoyable game. Um, it doesn't 
give me the same like highs as like playing you know other like traditional games like Street Fighter or or even Tekken or whatever, right? But um, but it's it's a different game, right? So I I realize like it's just this is just a it's it's a fighting game, but it's just um, it they're just different things that get you excited in this game, and uh, I almost like in in the video that I'm working on like I basically like kind of I'm working on this analogy of like you know kind of like food, right? It's like uh, motion inputs and like some of that executional aspect is kind of like a little bit like a certain like spice that you have, right? And uh, I talk about hot wings <laughs> in the video, right? It's kind of like buffalo wings are like, that's like the original hot, like spice, it's like the original flavor for chicken wings. It's like people call, you know, chicken wings buffalo wings because, you know, that's just like the standard default flavor that's been around like forever, right? But, you know, is is that flavor like, better or worse than lemon pepper like they're both really good right but i think if you were to be like oh man you know buffalo buffalo flavor is a little bit spicy we should just we should just abolish buffalo wings like that buffalo flavor we should just abolish that we shouldn't ever make that again it's like you're just an idiot then at that point right it's right like, no that's you know <clears throat> we have lemon pepper for people who like that and then we have you know buffalo wings for people who like that and then we have like atomic flavored like super like you know, you, you, you have challenges where it's so spicy. And uh, I think, like, um, at least with fighting games, there's that's what the beauty about fighting games is that there's so many. There's, like, so many fighting games, right? It's just, like, in our venue, we have people coming, and there's, like, some weird community that just plays this game you never heard of or something, right? It's we we found out there's a there's actually a dead or alive community in Korea. And oh, if yeah. you really? asked me that, like, three or four months ago, I would have said, said dead. no. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's crazy. And they... They come out and they're like so happy to have a place to play. Not sorry, not to sidetrack, but there's communities for every game. There's so many fighting games. Yeah. And they all have a group of people that love them. See, so, this yeah. is the opposite. This is the this is a beautiful situation for fighting games, right? Because there's so many good ones. And in RTS, it's like almost always everybody has to either agree on one fucking game. Yeah. yeah. Or you're gonna go into obscurity. Your your game still has a scene, but yeah. you're in the shadows now. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah I and know yet, you might not have competitions. You stuff. might not have competitions. It seems like things are, now, for the first time ever, or evening out, where like Warcraft Three has all these tournaments coming up, and uh, Starcraft One is getting tournaments uh, outside of Korea. Obviously, all online still because nobody can go anywhere because of the virus. But uh, yeah, usually it was like like when Starcraft Two came out, everybody just sort of nodded and said, "Yeah." Like before the game even came out, it's like, well, we have no choice. <laughs> yeah. We have to make this work. Do you remember the the pro league that had StarCraft One and StarCraft Two? Like, I do. <laughs> I do. That's I was the there for. I to was me. there to see every bad decision that was made <laughs> yeah. with the games I've worked on. I still but, tell. I've told people about that. I told uh, Kurt. He's one of the guys that works here, and he helped. He's a translator now. The yeah. GSL, and uh, I told he him. he does a great job. Yeah, and I told him, and he was like, "No way! Like, there's." They had one team play each other, but they had to play the first half with StarCraft 1, and then it was StarCraft 2. And I was like, yeah, and there was 2v2 in there, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, bad experiments. But, but yeah. I, actually, I'm kind of curious. So, like, you know, I mean, um, obviously, you guys are, like, the the, R, the RTS guys. Um, you're, I, I guess you guys play fighting games, too. But, um, you know, you, you, like, Josh has, uh, you know, big StarCraft 2 background. And... Uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of curious coming from a uh, fighting gamer perspective. Uh, so, like, what do you guys think of, like, games like Age of Empires 2? Like, apparently they have a scene. Uh, it's like, apparently, it's, it's really good. I've never played it. 
Okay. I've never growing up casually, but I never. Um, Starcraft sucked me in in a way that like no game. I think it's probably like it just yeah something about it is just different. And I've played Age of Empires two a lot. It's a really fun game, but competitively, I didn't. I wasn't drawn in. I think it was the speed of Starcraft that that drew me in. Yeah. Yeah. Age of Empires. um, They just remastered that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's got a scene because I just raided a, a, a StarCraft two programmer that I know, and he was playing Age. I didn't realize he was on that game, but it's got a scene. I don't know it that well. That's like, you know, with all the Blizzard games, there's a certain similarity. Yeah, for yeah. basically the three pillars of RTS: so StarCraft one, StarCraft two, WarCraft three. Yeah, um, Age has had a scene. It's never been as big, but apparently there's a lot to the game. But, you know, one of the things with Age of Empires is is that the maps are, are self-generated. Did you know that? Mm, so you know. just don't, you don't know okay. what you're there's in There's no, for. like, oh, I spawned at 3 o'clock, so he must be yeah. at 6. Okay. You know, like, all this stuff, like, I've been showing you with, like, when the Protoss trying to wall in yeah. on a map. There's nothing like that. Okay. It's like you just start out on an open area a bit and, more free for yeah a bit of uncertainty but there could be rivers and even resources yeah i think could be in like different spots yes, yes. and you don't start out right next oh, to resources. Okay. you don't even start out with the same resources yeah i don't know how true this is because i never played the game right. i want to put a disclaimer out there before it is true I, now but, i don't know how true it is for competitive play they yeah i don't have, know they might have specific stages for competitive but play. i know i think i introduced you to this guy one of the nights we met uh, near my studio the studio in samsung the, the brown bear, the guy who makes. Oh those yeah, videos. yeah. He's an Age of Empires yeah. two guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. and so he does a lot of videos. He's super into StarCraft and, and plays StarCraft as well. But yeah, there's a, a whole different system. Yeah. Like in place for Age of Empires, and I guess it works. Okay. Um, but I I, I don't know it. Okay. I do find trying to learn more than one RTS to any high level is is pretty. Yeah, so there's like, like overlap in, so like in fighting games, there's overlap is a big thing, right? So right. if you play like, if you know how to play like your Street Fighter games, right? Um, it's going to translate to so many things. So in my motion input video I'm working on, I, I make the point that if you learn like four motions, like just like four, like people have this image that like you have to learn like this endless list, they have all these characters and stuff. Yeah. But if you really look at like how many motions there are, it's really like, four or five gets you there most of the time. And that's like quarter circle, um, you know, there's like quarter circle back, but really if you think about it, that's just quarter circle the other way, right? That's, right. The, that's the same. And then there's the, the shore you can motion. That's the one that's, uh, that is at most risk of disappearing because that's the hardest one to do. Um, that's common still. And uh, there's, uh, there's a charge motion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I, I, I'll be honest. Like I didn't play these games. Uh, I come from Starcraft and Smash, right? So I've, I've, haven't played Street Fighter that long, and uh, I don't find any of those motions difficult to do. And That's the thing. I, I, yeah. For people that say, like, I've even now been introducing people at the venue, so it's this cool thing. That's one of the cool things about having this place is a lot of Tekken guys are kind of, I see them watching Smash, and I'm like, dude, you want to try? They're like, oh, I, I don't know. I'm like, just, just sit down and try. It's a game. Like, that's why we have this place. And a couple of them have gotten really into it. And then conversely, some of the Smash guys are saying, I kind of want to try Street Fighter. I kind of want to try Guilty Gear. And, well, we have, like, 20 setups. Just try whatever you want. And uh, some of the Smash guys are like, man, these motion inputs are actually easy. Like, 
they because that's always been the joke like from the FGC guys is oh these yeah. Smash guys can't handle handle motion inputs and like a lot of the Smash guys are like this is way easier than doing like some of the combos we already do like you I just do this quarter circle and like especially now with the modern games the input leniency is so right big. yeah big <clears throat> so uh yeah so like yeah. this this is um like if you go on the internet if you go online if you go on Reddit there's like the what you see with the communities is not an accurate representation. There's like a lot of, I mean, obviously, you know, like how it is on Twitter and in social media in general, where people get rewarded for just saying provocative stuff. Right. Yeah. But, um, if you just look at the internet, you'll see the, um, this kind of like division between these fighting game and smash communities. But if you go to like an offline tournament or you just go in real life, you will actually see that a lot of these people are interested in each other's games and they're trying it out. And there's like, you know, it, they're just here to play the games, right? So it's almost a meme in the FGC. Like, um, you know, there's a there's a red uh, there's a popular Reddit for fighting games called Kappa, and one of their memes, and you know, they're gonna they love being mentioned in like media and stuff. But um, they're gonna they're gonna mention they, they often mention as a meme that we don't really play fighting games here. You know, yeah. like that's like the joke. Like, but that's the thing though. Like if when you meet people who actually play these games, they're just like, the, the question really is like, what games do you play? And this is, a, this is another, um, this is another, I guess, I, w I don't want to say problem, but it's a phenomenon where you have people like, fighting games are kind of like, they're kind of like indie bands, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, like, oh, what bands do you listen to? Suddenly you have like a certain image, right? Or, you know, what games do you play? Or, you know, what, what games do you like, right? And and people have this thing, but if you if you just go to these events, like people just play the the game, <laughs> and yeah. if they don't play it, they don't play it. Like, because what are you doing here if you're not like you you don't come and pay like the entry fee to be like, well, I, I'm a, I play these games, so, you know that makes me cool, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, you pay money to play the games, right? So when you get to that, like you'll there's there's definitely a discrepancy with like. Um, uh, the online internet culture and like offline. And I think it's, it kind of sucks that now there's more emphasis on online because of this COVID situation. If, you, if you've ever played, a, if you've competed in a game uh, offline, yeah. if you've gone somewhere, whether it's StarCraft, whether it's Smash, whether it's Street Fighter, Tekken, I think that feeling of like, you don't know this guy you're about to play against, you're in a bracket, there might be people standing behind you watching you, and you're gonna play best of three, for me, that's that's one of my favorite feelings in the world. Like, do you guys remember the first time you did that for a game? Like, for sure, yeah. Yeah. What for, what was it for you? I mean, going to the arcade. Yeah. You know, it was a kid, and, and yeah. doing that was it was so. I don't know. There's something of a real trial by fire. It it makes a man out of you. You know <laughs> what I mean? It ruins single player games for me. I don't play single it, player games. I don't get the feeling. See, I, I, yeah. I still think you should play some. I yeah. think there are some good I know, single player we, we games. We argue about this a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. but <laughs> no, I mean, I just remember um, when I was a kid, I'd go to an arcade um, in the mall next to my house where I grew up, and like, just we would steal money uh, from my mom, like a couple quarters we'd find in the house, and we'd, we'd hang on to the quarters all day and wait until it was our time to play in the arcade. Like we'd watch everybody play and just playing there and trying to beat somebody was so exhilarating and it was so punishing too yeah you know there's no i know we're in a this is cliche to, to say but we're in we're in an era where everybody gets a trophy but <laughs> but it's fucking true you know to just lose and to, and to deal with the loss and it's like you're done 
that that builds character. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. It's um, it's it's pretty un unforgiving when um, this is the thing about like the arcades is is always a money match, right? Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's something like. And the thing was, like, you might be like, oh, it's just a quarter. Is like, is it really a money match? Well, in those days, like if you're like a kid, yeah, like that's you know, like people are using their lunch money. Like I never did that because like I never like actually uh, we had like these. Uh, a different system for lunch but um we had these cards and stuff it's was, it was kind of weird but I, I never used my lunch money or anything but like it's not like your parents are going to give you like 20 bucks worth of quarters yeah. tokens to like play your head off like they're just going to give you like a little bit to play and that's it right so you can't just and if you look at these like old games like how fast the matches go like you can like get double perfected in like you could like put pay 50 cents you know half a dollar and end up having like less than a minute of playtime. Yeah, and because, it's over. Yeah, because like especially done. yeah. And then the guy's just like next, and yeah, you're yeah. standing there like oh. you're just like oh, yeah. I just like yeah, I got fucked up. I, I paid money to like feel bad. Yeah. Oh shit, this is like this the, is rough. That feeling of like competing uh, in a game for me was like uh, I I can't I still get it sometimes when I go to Evo Japan and stuff. I I still get that feeling. And I can't. What is that feeling? Is it is it adrenaline? Is it anxiety? I don't know. Just like this dude is like, I went to Evo Japan this year, and I'm waiting for my game. They're like, if he doesn't show up here, he's gonna get DQ'd. And this guy comes running in. This Japanese dude. He's all sweaty. He's wearing a suit. He's got this giant like hard briefcase, and he sits down. He pulls out a key. I swear, I'm not making this up. There's people watching this. He pulls out a key. He opens his wallet. He's got like keys hanging in it. He pulls one out, opens, unlocks his briefcase, opens it up, and he's just got like eight different controllers in there. And I'm just like, who is this dude? He, he's like looking like, he's look, he looks like Neo from the Matrix. Yeah. And just that feeling of like, I have no idea how good this guy is. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. could just. He might just be a crazy man with a suitcase full of bad controllers. Or, yeah, exactly. Or he could be amazing, but I'm about to find out. And I'm playing a best of three in this room with 6,000 other people. And my friends are standing behind me. And I, I don't know. It's just like the unknown of, I've played this game a lot. Now, how do I measure up? Kind yeah, of. and I don't think that's why I, for me online, no matter how good the netcode gets, it's not a replacement for this feeling. And that could be I've played in StarCraft tournaments offline, I've played in Smash and all these other games. I just to me, there's only offline sitting next to your opponent, yeah, looking at them. It's you can't replace that. And I think, yeah, I'm kind of uh, it's actually really now, it's but, actually yeah. really nerve wracking. Like yeah. I, you know, I remember the first tournaments um, that. Uh, the first like big big tournament that I played in, like not like like locals or whatever, was um, I think it was uh, Evo 2016 when like Street Fighter Five first came out, and um, I remember that specifically because you know when my first match came, I, my hands were uncontrollably shaking, like I was like shaking so I've much. I've had that. That's a weird experience. And it was like it was weird because like scared, shaking, I knew I was nervous. Shaking. Yeah, I knew I was nervous, but like I also had this physiological response to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make sure you know you're nervous, right? My body's like, yeah, you're so nervous right now, and <laughs> and basically, basically, um, you know, I did okay. I, I I you know for a first run at like a major major tournament, but um. But then is is what's weird is every other tournament like it just got better and like now like I don't shake at all I don't even get nervous at all I just it's like I'm used to it because I played in so many tournaments right and um, what's interesting is you'll see people that it is their first tournament 
and yeah. they are shaking uncontrollably. And, yeah. uh, and it, I think it just, it, it happens to like so many, er, almost everyone. And, and, uh, there are good players that get that. Yeah, there are good tournament. players that are like that. So this one yeah. guy, he like, he was so good. Like he actually made it pretty far. And like, when I played him, like, I, I thought, I, I thought I was just going to destroy him because he was like shaking so uncontrollably. He could barely like speak. He was like stuttering. He's like, Oh, good games. You know, like, yeah. And I was just like, man, this guy is like, so like nervous. Like there's no way I can lose to him. And like completely lost him. I got destroyed. And like, man, like, I guess like nervousness and the like, skill level, there's no like, there's no reliable correlation there. It's just, you could be like super good and like. We've had guys come to our smash turns. We had one guy come and all his friends were like, dude, this guy's fucking good. Like he's really good. He's, uh, and he's, he's about to go on a run today. And uh, first round he gets paired, he gets matched against, uh, because of the way we, we were doing a round robin style. Anyway, that doesn't matter. He gets matched against a really good player. One of the best players in Korea. And he loses, he wins the first game, loses the second. So even taking a game off this player means he's pretty good, right? And he DQs himself from the tournament. What do you mean he DQs he himself? He just says, I, he comes to me, he's a Josh, I can't, I can't do it. I'm too, I, I can't, I can't. Oh, he and just, I, he just steps away. Yeah. And I was like, what do you, he's like, I'm out. I can't, I can't play in bracket. It's too nerve wracking. I'm like shaking. I'm freaking out. And I'm like, oh, wow. you just took, you took one of the best players here to game three. We just started the tournament. There's like 80 people here. You're probably going to get like top eight at the worst. Yeah. And he's like, no, I can't, I can't. And wow. Did, and this is a guy who's really good at the game, but that's the thing. Like if you're going to win these giant brackets, especially Evo is like the most extreme case, right? 3000 people. It takes a combination of like skill and focus and being able to, you know, nerves of steel to just go through this whole bracket, play on stream and just focus. And yeah, that's so interesting. You know, I'm sure you've seen on the StarCraft Reddit every month there's some thread that comes up about ladder anxiety and how and there's a whole not even like a whole there's a huge amount of people that just suffer from anxiety playing games and they're trying to deal with it and it's funny because there are people who are heavily anxious that just succeed anyways I've seen this in tournaments where I cast for the guys on camera and his fucking his cup is like shaking and he's <laughs> spilling water all over himself as he's he's drinking from it and but he he's winning you know yeah. um but yeah it, it's fascinating to see that 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 fear for some people is so strong that it actually repels them yeah well in from the one tournament. on one game it's basically like and that's why i think all of us like these one on one games like we don't play team games i don't but no, team yeah. game team games frustrating yeah mm -hmm. I, I enjoy it like as for fun but it, i can't be super competitive in a right. team game so in a one-on-one -on -one game it's you sit down against someone you're either better or you're worse full stop that's it yeah there's no oh well you know we played pretty well but my teammate no you lost or you won and that's it and it's just you <laughs> and i think some people can't handle that maybe i don't know but uh, yeah. I, when I played StarCraft, ladder anxiety was a huge topic, and people were talking about ways to mitigate it. And I was just like, just play more. Just well, just lose. Just I think the thing is to embrace the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. To embrace the weirdness of it. Right? I think it helps also to um, you know have other people to talk about it. So when you when you know other people like got as salty as you, or or lost, or had their story about you know being being salty on stream. That, that stuff helps, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, like this is like, you know, everyone goes through, this is a part of the process, right? And so I think a big part of accepting, you know, defeat is also knowing that you're not, 
the only one. If you look at like in fighting games, you look at like you know the the best you know fighting game players like you know Daigo or Sonic Fox or whoever. All those people have had crushing defeats, way more crushing than I'll ever face. Like they they've had defeats where it costs them you know like tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Um, it's you know it goes all the way to the top, right? So no matter how good you are, no matter how how much you win, you're still going to face that at the at the highest levels. And you know you can see it if you go on streams with like some of the top players, you they get salty too. It's like yeah, it's not like Leffen doesn't get salty when he loses. Like he's just as salty as you know even, anyone even else. offline. Some of these guys you see them, they lose and they go on Twitter tirades. Yeah, and yeah. It's, oh, punk. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's like funny. The, like I. I think everyone likes seeing someone else get salty when they lose, right? <laughs> yeah, there's something about it. Yeah. And, and but it's to be uh, not to sound like I don't know too, but they there's something that shows if you get that salty over something, you you obviously care about it too, and I think sure. that's cool um, when you see a top player that they're clearly super upset and they're saying like, oh, the monitor or the, my controller or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, that's a, that's a poor excuse. You lost. But also I understand because you really care about this thing and you want to win. You want to be the best. And I, I think that's cool. I, I, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering like, you know, where this, this whole thing will go, this kind of, I guess there's, there's a cultural aspect to one-on-one -on -one video gaming, right? Where, uh, it's it can't be replicated with you know other forms of gaming because if you're if it's one versus one this is a, another reason why like um, you know I think StarCraft and fighting games have a lot of like crossover right it's it's kind of that aspect right they're completely different games but the the, the idea of like losing a crushing defeat uh, means that like all the burdens on you like you either you blame yourself or you make some salty excuse or whatever <laughs> right that's like a that's like a real thing in in both these fields so i'm wondering like it's uh is it is it going to get to the point where uh you can't enjoy your wins you know anymore like there are people that are like that yeah because like i mean because the thing is like they're, they're completely toxic too <laughs> it's so, true so that's the thing like you say, okay so you say that's completely toxic but those people are saying that it's toxic to like win and maybe like Get excited about it or pop off no these no these people are just wired incorrectly i think, <laughs> wired I think they're just they're all fucked up <laughs> no i mean if you can't just enjoy your win and you're like there's some weird fucking thing out there that like you can't enjoy this or it'll yeah, there's something no but i mean like so like this is the thing like i've you know i've talked to people about this and and i don't know like so like there was um uh i think um i was talking to this kind of um uh, this person that just got into like esports and gaming and, and stuff like that, and this person uh, asked me like, "So why do you like enjoy like these fighting games? Like, what what is the thing that you like about these games?" And this is a guy like getting into this industry, oh, I, and yeah. basically like in front of like um, like all like there are like other fighting game players around in the room, and this person asked me this, and I basically like I kind of it was like half facetious but half like truthful. Um, I basically said like, well, I, I like to play people in these games and then, uh, crush them so that they feel bad in their defeat. And, <laughs> and he was just like, what the hell? But then if you think about it, like if you don't enjoy your wins, like you want to win, right? You want to yeah. win. And th that's like the, that's kind of the bare truth. And like, it's, it's not like, you know, it's not the, 
the nicest truth, I guess. But it's like it is a reality. Like it, you're lying if you say like, "Oh man, I, I won," and like, well, especially okay, like, what's like, the no. best feeling win in StarCraft? For me, I'm, it's not a 40 minute close game that I won. It's like a dirty, dirty, gimmicky <laughs> cheese, and I know that guy's maybe it. just broke his keyboard. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's like. I'm a Terran and he just cannon rushed me and it worked. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's <laughs> the best. And it's the same in fighting games. I think when you you beat a guy using like you throw somebody four times in a row. Yeah. And, oh yeah, uh, like I, I like you know at Evo. I don't want to mention any names or anyone, but like when you know when I won this one game against this person, he like like he slammed his stick, and I was like I was like. That felt really good. Like, Very sad. I made somebody. I, I made somebody like want to like slam their stick, right? And I don't know if it's kind of like a. It might, might sound weird for a lot of people, but like it's like you know. Obviously, I don't want the stick to get hurt or anything like that. But I, I want mean, the stick to die. <laughs> I want them to have to get a new no, stick. I, I don't, you know, that's you know, a good arcade stick. A good arcade stick. But I, you know, there there is that aspect, and I think. I hope that doesn't get lost ever. I mean, maybe. What if this is a thing where, like, in twenty years, it's just like you can't have this. Like, you can't <laughs> have one. On one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought my beer was uh, Actually, already I, capped. I, it was uncapped. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I, I watched that happen. So, <laughs> Gerald, go ahead, please. Yeah, that. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's thinking too much into it or too far into the future. But yeah. like, I'm wondering if like. Like this whole like thing, because there's a lot of people get upset when they lose, right? And yeah. like if you look at like, like even if you look at like Smash, like the way you know Nintendo has has made this game, um, you know for all ages, obviously. And if you if you watch the win screen, like when you watch two players win, or two players fight fight it out, and one person loses, one person wins. That's not the the story at the end of it. It's it's one person got first place, one person got second place. Right. Right. So, you know, like, will it ever get to the point where it just gets to the point where, you know, where you're talking about like, you know, like Everybody everyone gets a trophy, place. right? It just says like, great job, everyone. And you're yeah. I do feel like there's a little bit of that pull. I mean, you know, the bucketing system and certain ladders, like, what is it? And I think it's in Mortal Kombat. I think it's in Tekken as well, where like you get into a league, but the fucking title doesn't tell you where you're at. Oh, oh, the titles are just yeah. like the tech and ranking titles. Oh yeah, well I mean where, that that's like, kind of like um, yeah I don't know if the, that was just kind of like an edgy fun thing, but what's what's funny about um, Tekken's ranking system is like they do it by colors, right? Because the yeah. the, the titles don't if you, if you say I'm usurper, like no, nobody knows like how good you are, yeah, right? Exactly. So like unless you really know the all the ranks, but uh, they do it by colors, right? So like every color is like you know your 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 silver, gold, bronzes. They're they're done by like. This weird color coding system. I don't know what the rhyme, if there's any rhyme or reason behind it, but the the lowest one is like the teal ranks, right? It's teal colored ranks, and if you get to the highest of the teal, you become it calls you grandmaster. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's a very like, strong. What? term. And the one before, and the one before, around. that's the absolute highest rank you can get in StarCraft Two. Like there's yeah. only two hundred in each or, region, or, or yeah. chess, or, or anything intellectual yeah. is grandmaster. Is yeah. just yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, it's. You know, there there kind of is this thing where you don't want. I mean, look, these are games. People want to feel like have a good time, right? And if there is a competitive aspect, there are going to be times where you're not having a good time, right? I mean, you know, you 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 had a stream today, didn't go well. Uh, my last stream in Tekken was like 
really I lost like so many ranks and like, I love I, watching both of you get salty on yeah I, I, I mean like <laughs> 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 yeah I mean I yeah and like I, I get salty like I got I got mad at this dude on stream like I felt a little bit bad because like he was like I, you know I made a comment about my execution like I was just like oh man like I think I blame my stick or something he's like oh you you're such a screw you're blaming your stick and like and like I just told him, like, no, actually, I'm, bl I'm blaming your mom. Like, she's like really distracting. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh shit, can I? You got to channel that inner artosis. Nobody like, does it better than artosis, where he tells them they're they're guy a in fucking chat. moron, yeah. and then the guy in the chat, fuck yourself. Yeah, oh, I, I bought <laughs> his guy in the chat. <laughs> I bought one of his guy in guy in the chat mugs, actually. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> your your channel using him as like I, I don't want to sidetrack, but using him as like your sub oh, yeah. subscription <laughs> notification is that's like. I'm not overusing this word, but genius. I think Thank it's you, so man. funny. Well, he was yeah. cool to let me do it because yeah. yeah. I showed him ahead of time, and I'm like, "This is funny, but are you okay with this?" And he was like, "This is good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a good sport. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, our, yeah, definitely. Artosis is is someone who like embraces the salt. Like <laughs> he, he lives is. in the salt. What were you saying with the Bane reference earlier? Like, yeah, was, like the you know you you think you embrace salt, but I was born in it, molded <laughs> by it. <laughs> I only knew victory when I was almost a man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's the, the, the notion, like the idea of making these games maybe less punishing or easier. I think there are, there is a, maybe a movement. I don't know if it's still happening, but among game developers to do that. But this is my, yeah. my, always my question is like, do you think game developers, when they make a game that's super successful, people like it, like Brood War or like, uh, you know, some of the early Street Fighter, the Tekken, some of these games, do you think they are able to identify the reasons that people fall in love with their games? Because sometimes uh, I feel like... I, I don't think so. Yeah. This was proven... Let's get outside of our world. Let's talk about World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. They seem to totally misunderstand World of Warcraft. Yeah. Classic, which they re-released just recently, was fucking huge and took over everywhere. Um as far as MMOs go. And it was like, it's the same old game. It just was more hardcore, it was more unforgiving. And uh, the whole time, the World of Warcraft team thought that people wanted it to be easier. There, yeah. I think there's a, there's certain things that companies have to wrestle with and that they're trying to sell more copies. And the easiest way as an idea to sell more copies is to make it easier. Right. But what's happening when you're making a game more accessible to a new person is you're making it less enjoyable to a hardcore. You're, you're removing depth. Yes, yeah. you're removing depth. You're, you're removing a lot of what kept everybody there. Like, um, I've never heard anyone say, I don't like this game because it's too hard. I've literally never well, heard dude, you, That's not true. You'll see it online. Yeah. People Maybe, will yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. But it, when you really get to the point, you'll, you'll see people not like a game because of a bad design, right? right. Like there's certain, um, you know those old graphic adventure games? Like King's Quest and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. There game, was, yeah. but there was a problem in the uh, in those games called pixel hunting, where you just wouldn't see like a small dagger on the ground that you had to click on. Yeah. Right. So you're actually hunting for a certain pixel you have to click on, which distracts from the game. That's an example of a bad, I shouldn't say a design, a problem inside the game that is too hard and isn't enjoyable. But see, th this is the problem, though. Yeah. So, like, that threshold is different for every generation, right? So right. what if somebody says the thing that you enjoy and uh, you like is too hard 
and it's unnecessary, yeah. right? This is exactly, I'm making a video about motion inputs for this exact reason, right? So like, this is the thing, like, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to people about this and they're like, oh, Gerald, like they're, they're never gonna take away motion inputs from any Street Fighter game, like Street Fighter 6, Street Fighter 7 is never gonna do that. But then it's like, well, what if the Riot game, Project L, does does away with motion inputs, which, which there's a high likely um, likelihood because uh, that company made Rising Thunder and they got bought out for it and that game removed motion inputs, right? Uh, what if they do that and it's just like a huge success, right? It's just like every all these new people like are playing it and it just creates this new paradigm, right? This new like model for how a fighting game should be made. Uh, and then like, then like some people, you know, high up at Capcom are like, okay, well, I mean, shit, like we have to do, like, how are we going to compete this with that? This is the way of the buffalo. Like this is, this is the way yeah. things are going. And then like. To the way of the buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Canadian yeah. expression or yeah, Saskatchewan? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but, um, I might have just made it up too. <laughs> I've heard it before. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's kind of like that as well, right? So like the thing that, you, so like, for example, like I'm coming from outside the StarCraft community. I'm just getting into Brood War. I mean, thanks to you, you've been kind of showing me like how to get into this game, but it's like, this game is like a 1999 game and people who are playing it, a lot of these people that never stop playing it, right? right? And like, you get to the point where like, you have like Bonneth, like this Protoss player where like, I remember, um, it's so funny, I, I watched Scarlet stream, she's playing Brood War these days, right? And she plays Protoss as well. And I'm sure you're, you've been watching some of that and watching her like rank up like way too fast. But she's, she's she talks about like how she plays Bonneth and like, she's like, yeah, like, um, yeah, he's really good. And like, I can't get past him when he makes four units, like after four units, like I can't get past beat his four units. Like, yeah, that's like, that's insane. Right. It's yeah. like he made four units. Well, I gotta, I gotta fold, right. Yeah, he gets so, four dragoons out and he wins the game. Yeah. yeah. Four dragoons. And like, he can just win with that. Right. And so it's, you know, there's, there's kind of a thing where you have this, some, I think some people will embrace that, you know, they'll be like, Whoa, that's like, that's so far, right? It goes so deep, right? Right? I like, that's, that's awesome. I'm like, try this. And I know I'm really far behind, but then there it's, it is hard like to get into like Starcraft Brood War right now, because I mean, like just, just me, like I'm, I'm like trying to like, it's like playing like overcooked, but like everything's on fire all the time. Right. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what Brood War feels like to me right now. And like, I'm like, I'm like doing everything right, but then like, I'm also doing everything wrong all the time. And then I talk to StarCraft players and they're like, oh yeah, that's, it's yeah. A normal when you play feeling. StarCraft, yeah. like you always feel like you're doing everything wrong and, all the yeah, time. Yeah, the better, like, the better you get, the more you feel. The more bad. you feel like you're <laughs> yeah, doing everything yeah. wrong. Like, I'm just like, oh, that probe was sitting there like the whole time. You didn't mine anything. No, like, yeah. I, I didn't get anything out of that. I've Nothing. watched like uh, amazing world-class players sit and play their macro is amazing. Their APM is crazy high. And they're like, oh man, my macro's garbage. I need to redo my hotkeys. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. you know, like, oh, I, I just, I'm terrible at this game. I should stop playing. And they're obviously being ridiculous, but there is also, sure. it's because of that feeling that because there's never a limit to what you can do, the better you're out of the game, the more you realize what you're not doing. <laughs> like, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, StarCraft have been, um, has been an interesting journey for me. Um, Tekken kind of de derailed my my Starcraft my Brood War playing a bit, but it's um, hard to play too many hard games. At yeah, once, so. it <laughs> yeah, really is. Yeah. It's like Tekken is just like Tekken's one of those legacy games where, um, you know, the beauty of Street Fighter has always been that it's it's actually like uh, really simple and 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 complex in that like you have like uh, like you look at Guile, 
I'm, he has two special moves. That's yeah. And he's always had two special moves. Like everything else, like like they've added a bunch of stuff here and there. But like he's this character with Sonic Boom and Flash Kick, right? It's just very simple. Um, like it, in Tekken, like you have a move list of like you'll have like a oh, most characters have like over like eighty moves. Like and most of them go like or, like a ton of them go over like go into like hundred you know like over 100 right? different stances different yeah. stances yeah. and all this yeah. stuff and like tekken's really a game of kind of like it's is kind of um it's so open-ended in that you have like you know it's like you have these i guess fighting games in general are kind of like this but you have like these action figures and it's like it's like okay here's the toy like what am i supposed to do with them well that's up to you like here are the action figures right and and so when i'm learning stuff about the game i'm like oh how should i like play this character and i'm playing um ling xiaoyu she's like been in uh been there since uh, tekken 3 i believe um i hope i'm not wrong about that but very old character and like and i just i, I watch all the different like top players using this character and i'm just like it's so unrecognizable like uh, it's just like everything every every person that uses this character plays in in such a different way that like i can't you know it's it's insane and and so i'm watching uh sodom which is like um one of my favorite xiaoyu players and he the stuff that he does like nobody else does like and he always says on his stream people are like how the hell are you doing this stuff how how the hell are you like you know like how the hell are you making these setups and he's just basically like no oh, you gotta play for 23 years man i'm playing this character for 23 years never played any other character 23 years same character and i'm like Damn. holy crap and 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 you look at like like all these like obscure moves like you look at that one move that like, nobody uses or ever touches and then he's just like has some like really brilliant way of like yeah, we saw it at one of our events we had uh some a group of players come from thailand obviously uh, a book won evil japan this year from thailand they have a strong tekken scene and he came with some other people and one of them was a uh, xiaoyu main yeah he's like one of the one of the top xiaoyus yeah. of thailand yeah and really good and sodam was there also and they were he was watching him play and he was like i've never seen that this is a guy who plays that character at a highly competitive level and he's like i've never seen that how do you do that and you know yeah and he showed him like, like yeah it was like some stance switching stuff so like xiaoyu has like you know a bunch of stances and like um it's just some weird the thing about fighting games is you have like it's traditionally like eight-way joystick and you have a few buttons for attacks and um the way you find like i, I don't want to call them exploits but they're kind of like things that were unintended in the game by um a certain combination of you know um of directions at a, at a certain timing will get you like move you through different stances or you know um create new possibilities with with your character that you the developers don't know they don't know this there's no way they yeah they just too. made the system yeah and then like you have a guy playing the, the the thing for 23 years and he's you can't compete with that it doesn't matter if you've been on the tekken team for like the whole time you know like you can't beat a guy who's been only playing that one character for 23 he's like your tester for that character for 23 years like no one's you can't no one's gonna know more than him about that character and, and the mechanics and and that's what's kind of cool about tekken uh, in that, like, all the, the previous games, like, they've kind of, like, built upon, like, all the characters, and, and they've added on, and, and there's a lot of legacy play. But if you look at Street Fighter, it's, like, the complete opposite. And the thing about Street Fighter is, um, like, if you look at Third Strike, like, it's so different from, like, Street Fighter 2, which is, 
you know, so different from five and and uh, and so I mean that's kind of I don't know what the um, what the the optimal path to go to is, but um, definitely I think like uh, there's advantages and disadvantages. You're gonna if you if you radically change your game, you'll get new people, but then like um, the scene will change drastically. Like Street Fighter four to five, uh, I'm sure obviously Street Fighter three to four and uh, two to three, they're just like the games are so different that like if you had a community, um, oftentimes what will happen is you'll that that community will slowly disappear. You won't see those people anymore, and you'll see a bunch of new people. And if you stuck around, then you'll see that shift, right? So, um, so there there is a large aspect of that. And I know Tekken has that too. I know some people didn't like Tag Two, or you know they didn't like a certain game, um, and you see people like going in and out, like playing these games or not. Um, but I guess the hope is to that a game can really, you know, be kind of fresh and unifying at the same time, but obviously that's easier said than done, right? So it's hard to like sometimes pinpoint uh what you what it is about a game, like the X factor of a game yeah. that really draws you in and really uh has that spark. Like who would have thought melee the game's yeah. been out forever. And, and it was it, that was a game that was really made for kids. It was basically like a Mario Party yeah, and it's, kind of game. They still, if it was an Evo or whatever, like it would still be one of the most, the games with the highest uh, player numbers. It's a huge game. They, they Genesis Top 8 for Melee gets like 200,000 plus viewers. It's massive, right? So, and nobody would have predicted that at the time. Like, uh, yeah. it's, it's hard to really pinpoint what it is about that game. So I think it's hard for developers to replicate it sometimes. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think um, the, the, what people like about the game is often unintended. And that's kind of like the, that concept of, uh, I think it's called emergent gameplay, yeah. where the gameplay, like, when people play it, they figure out the stuff about the game that, that people didn't intend, developers didn't intend. And that is, like, so cool, right? Obviously, like, fly, unfly in Marvel. You know, it's like they, they probably didn't they didn't expect Sentinel to be like the way he is yeah. when they were making the game, right? But that's now like a staple of you know Marvel, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom two, right? So I think every game kind of has that to a certain level, and there's kind of this battle because like developers don't want to people to play the game in a way that it wasn't intended, right? Yeah, there is sort of a um, I don't even know the term for this, like a uh divine divine intentions as far as the creator goes like this is how i envisioned <laughs> yeah the game to be played and now you're doing some weird shit with it and this is not what we wanted this was never the way it was supposed to be i think this is common in a lot of different yeah that's like games you, i think even in in art in in general i forget uh what it's, we learned about that uh like the death of the author that's like yeah. a debate right like right when yeah, the author writes something and releases it is it can they control how people understand it? Or once people interpret it and understand it how they want, does the author have any say over yeah. what that is? And I think about that with games a lot, for sure. Yeah, and I think a lot of... It's got to be a weird time to be a publisher where you make a game and then a whole crew of people from somewhere in the world you might not be familiar with. I mean, this is the StarCraft story. It was a bunch of guys in LA made a game and out of fucking nowhere in Korea, they were running tournaments and putting it on TV without Blizzard's permission. Oh, making yeah. leagues yeah. and it was you know it, it, yeah and i think that's something um developers are going to be wrestling with guys by the way it's getting a little bit late so uh, we've been going this might be one of my longest 
ones yet. We've been on for almost two hours. Well, oh, yeah, wow. Gerald, yeah. This never shuts up. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was fucking awesome, by the way. Can we do this again sometime? Yeah, yeah anytime. For the three of yeah, us. I mean, yeah. This was cool. Yeah, it was weird. But usually I'm behind the camera, like getting drinks and were you stuff. nervous at all at the start no not at all i mean yeah. it's just talking with like i said it there was talk, a, there was a little bit day. where i was i was trying to hold back a smile while yeah. you were talking because i wanted to start <laughs> making fun of you because you're kind of like rambling a little bit yeah. and then i'm like i'm like stop stop yeah. stop stop <laughs> no this is yeah. fucking awesome though this is great man yeah thanks for thanks for having us i mean i mean this is just like one of our uh you know whenever we go get it grab a drink or whatever we just talk like this anyway so yeah yeah this yeah. is a, a usual cool. kind of night of conversation yeah. for us um when can people assuming that the virus is is done when can people be coming down here what are the what are the nights to hang out in Corey? it'll do uh, initially it'll be friday saturdays uh and then eventually sundays we'll start doing tournaments again uh we want to have a different kind of highlight sundays for a different game every week whether it's okay. tekken street fighter anime game smash and then friday saturdays are going to be like fight nights you can come play uh, and yeah, hang out, try every game. We have a bunch of different fight sticks and stuff people can try and use. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a warm, welcoming place. The community here is really friendly. Good mix of uh, obviously mostly Koreans because we're in Korea, but there are quite a few English speakers here as well. So yeah, and then uh, as if we ever get through this, I think obviously we will, but who knows when? Uh, we'll expand to other nights, Thursdays and weeknight events too. So yeah, yeah. and you can. Uh, Gerald's always streaming, but we also stream our events, the English side of those events, on Gerald's channel. So if you yeah. are from abroad and you want to check out our events in English, they're going to be on the Corey Gaming channel. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll commentate whatever game that uh, that I I'm comfortable commentating. So I'll be on there as well. And uh, any game we absolutely can't find an English commentator for. Yeah, I'll basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a that's a whole nother topic yeah all right guys thanks for doing this let's do it again sooner right yeah uh let's go to the after show now i hope you guys enjoyed that episode of the podcast that was a lot of fun for me to shoot it was also a little bit tricky because i know those guys so well and i was trying to have a more formal interview format um but it was it was cool i i hope you guys continue to check out the podcast i know i've been enjoying doing this I don't feel like there's a lot of content out there that's face-to-face, -face, I guess especially not with coronavirus, but in general, uh, a lot of face-to-face -face real talks about gaming and esports. And so we're going to be back uh, in a, a probably two to three weeks. Scheduling's been a little bit crazy here, trying to get stuff booked. We're in almost full-on level three lockdown here. We've had another outbreak of coronavirus, uh, as you guys heard in the podcast so uh we're gonna keep trying to crank this thing out as efficiently as we can again thank you guys so much for joining the podcast if you want to support us on patreon a reminder you do get content or you do get access to the after show that's additional content for you if we get to 1.5k we are going to add in a third camera and we're going to keep trying to build and improve the show and make this the best show about esports and gaming that we can make it uh, i love you guys stay safe the world's fucking crazy but eventually things have to get better i i think right course um anyways guys i'll see you on gsl and asl be sure to check out my stream at tasteless tv i love you goodbye this podcast was produced by state artwork by alarice music by mark lentz special thanks to our top patreon supporters seth rohit Sambadi and charlie shiver bye bye